thrives in this body. Every cell is the manifestation of this divine power. This divine power is there in all, all creation, my dear, all creation. Without that power, the generation of atomic energy would not be possible. So this is a subject that we are trying to explore. In simple words, the Shakti, as we human beings can relate to, is that universal power or that pranic force that is constantly pulsating in our body that enables us to see, to speak, to smell, to, smell, to walk talk, so and so forth. How does this happen? And how do we think even the thought process, my dear ones, is very, very important. Then you can reveal yourself as to what you think of yourself and you really are. It is almost impossible to give an entire encompassing meaning of this Shakti that operates in the entire creation. Likewise, it is also impossible to express how this Shakti, this energy, let me introduce a word that is Chaitanya. This Chaitanya, the life force that is pulsating in every living being, human beings, and all the animal life, including plant life, they also breathe breath, our breath. You think we breathe in air. Far from that, we will explore all of this. Human being, our existence, we as human being, we act and do so many things. We are essentially constantly in search of joy, in search of happiness. Happiness is such a crude word because we human beings that are in love with the psychosomatic self, we believe that our physical needs or psychological needs once they are fulfilled, we can be happy. Yet, what is it that causes you to be born? 
what is that energy by virtue of which you are constantly navigating, conducting, operating in the living life. The very existence, the very sensitivity and sensations, the desires, and how the five karma indriya and jnana indriya, meaning organs of action and organs of sense. And there are various uh, powers, shaktis. The Vedic knowledge addresses them as divine shakti or devata, divine powers. Likewise, our mind, our intellect, our ego, and the chitta, which make the sixth organ that is within ourselves. And this sixth organ is called antakarana. We have explored this in the series of uh, discourses when speaking about meditation, when speaking about the physiology or spiritual anatomy of a human being. How this, the effect of these powers are very, very evident, yet they are unseen. When one understands this, and one realizes and a disciplined seeker, a disciplined practitioner will surely achieve good health, good composure, a resilient vivek, that is the sense of discretion to know what is right, from wrong, thereby one has a scintillating ability to make right choices in life, following with right actions, and we cannot exist without karma, that is action, and how Every karma or every action is expected to result in the process of liberation of the self, liberation from the constant exchange, constant recurrence of pain, suffering, misery, followed with sporadic occasions of pleasantness, of happiness, and fleeting joy.
by divine decree, every human being is given a life um, of 10 Tata Varsha. What that means translates to be is one Tapa Varsha is equal to 12 years. So 10 Tapa Varsha is equal to 12 times 10, which is equal to 120 years. That is the lifespan that has been planned by Almighty God. <laughs> this may be surprising to you. We celebrate people who are celebrating their 115th or 118th birthday. Very rarely does that happen. And presently, we all, we all are wrapped up by phenomenal pollution not only aerial pollution, water pollution, the food that we consume is also polluted. There is an abundance of natural food that the nature is providing, but we manipulate the nature and we produce genetically modified fruits, thereby genetically modified Grapes, and we don't even know how these genetically modified food supplies can impact human life. Surely, one impact is definite there. That is, it will create new strains of diseases because the human system is not designed to consume these kind of foods. And science has yet to develop cures to all this. So it is not only the direct health, but the very psyche is polluted. The very minds are polluted. The thoughts are polluted. Thereby, our actions are polluted and they are not consistent, they are not virtuous, and can never produce virtuous reactions either. If the aim of every action is for liberation, then how can such kind of actions ever give liberation. So this is the subject that we are going to explore. In simple words, it is called prana, prana tattva. There is a very narrow understanding that most of the people you know, uh, that know prana, prana means breath. But breath, they understand, is the air that we breathe in. But there is life force there. And that is the Chaitanya 
But the source of that Chaitanya is none other than the self itself. Let me take you all to some of my earlier statements. Uh, granted, Charlie, Usha, Ravi, Gautam, Sayushri, or Sarada. Yeah, these may be different, different individuals. And that is how they respond when I call their names. Yet, all of us, though we are unique in our makeup, unique in our behavior, unique in our expressions, yet the very essence, what we are, my dear ones, understand this. We are identical to one another and we are identical to what Almighty God is. We are nothing but clone of Almighty God. And there is only one God. If that be the case, then what are we? We are part of that one whole. This brings me to a very stunning statement of a great, great virtuous saint. Um, that is one of my very dear friends. His name is Shirdi, Sai Baba of Shirdi. And he says, Hum sab ek hai. We are all one. Sabka malik ek hai. And the Lord of us all is only one. So we are all his clones, yet our Lord is just one alone that is none other than Almighty God. And all our pursuits are in trying to be one with him. So this pranic force that flows in the plant life or all the other living life, may there be life that thrives on the earth or in the air or in the waters, in the bosom of the sea, ocean, or within the earth. Yet, they all breathe. Yet, they all move. And what makes them breathe, what makes them move, what makes them grow, and what makes them multiply, is something much greater than that. That is the pranic force that I am alluding to, I'm going to talk about. This pranic force is nothing else but Chaitanya alone. 
चैतन्य इज दैट डिवाइन एनर्जी एवर प्रेजेंट एवर थ्राइविंग इन ऑल द प्लानट इंक्लूडिंग द सन ऑल द ग्रेट ऋषीज दियर्स दे हैव spoken about this chaitanya and are becoming helpers in completely enveloping expressing the expanse of the grandeur the greatness of this chaitanya yet great seers such as vasishtha Jamadagni, or people who know who is Lord Parshuram, his father, Jamadagni, Pitpalada, Pitpalada was a great, great seer who explored Brahma. I have spoken about his Upanishad in great details. likewise angirasa atharva atharva is one of the brahma putra that was created just by a work of sankalpa meaning a thought his disciple is angirasa then there are other angira and so on so forth and there are many many such great rishi or seers and for many years they have been meditating and in discipline chanting various verses from the vedas and there were occasions i am coming to a very important statement that by virtue of their practices they were so happy that they were extremely jubilant and overflowing in their joy and in this stream of joy when the great seer by name pitpalad he analyzed this flow of energy this flow of chaitanya which was unique because it was so uniquely divine despite sitting in the forest in their own seclusion as recluse and when atharva was chanting various verses from the vedas and the entire samhita meaning the vedic scriptures were being chanted in a rhythmic chant and all the notes the notations were so true so correct as per the samaveda and the effect was phenomenal that suddenly everybody became quiet there was peace and peace that followed and each one all of them 
became absorbed in their own self. And they realized, they realized that the God Almighty that they were talking about, worshipping, trying to adore, trying to please, was nothing other than this pranic force or Chaitanya. Understand this, my dear. There is no suitable parallel word in English language that can fully encompass and give an, an accurate meaning to this word Chaitanya. It is through this Chaitanya that the entire creation of the entire universe is possible. And this pranic force that we are talking about, whereby our life and the life of all living beings is striving, is striving because of this Chaitanya. So this is the fundamental driving force to the pranic force itself. The secret of all this, and this is, this Chaitanya, is the nature of Almighty God, my dear friends. That is what I'm trying to tell you. This Chaitanya is the nature of what Almighty God is. And the secret of this, you may not find, in, even in the Vedas, because the Vedas also eventually give up. Because, as I said, words cannot encapsulate and envelop that which is infinite. It is absolutely not possible. However, we still want to experience, know this Chaitanya, which we call as Almighty God. How is it possible? And what are its indications? What are its qualities? What is its truth? What is its, the expression of this truth? We speak about sadru, that is the this truth as it is expressed. Chidrup or Anandarup or Satchidanandarup, all these are expressions of that Chaitanya. This is the absolute supreme principle of supreme truth, unchanging supreme truth. That supreme truth is also part of the chitta that I spoke so much about when speaking about meditation in the last few satsangs. It is also of the nature of joy. Joy that you don't need any reason to be joyous. For example, 
if I love Jellybee, I'm just giving you a simple example. And if Aruna gives me Jellybee, I'm very happy. The cause of my happiness is because I enjoyed Jellybee. Here, despite not having Jellybee or any cause, I am full of joy, full of love. And for no cause, I am experiencing the very nature of what Almighty God is. This experience is unique. It is none like others. So there is no second to it. And this expression this experience of joy surely is expressive of the nature of Chaitanya. That is what we understand as Almighty God. So the entire creation that has been created, the entire creation that has been sustained, the entire creation that has been reborn, why? Because the, some, some creation ceased to be, in simple words, ceasing to be is simply what is we understand as death. So if there is creation, automatically it's ceasing to be what we understand as death is the flip side of creation. Life and death are two sides of the same coin. And yet, the entire creation, entire life is created. So this is the greatest cause, Mahakaran you may call. The greatest cause of all creation. And there is no cause beyond that. That greatest cause is none other than Chaitanya. That which drives in all creation as the pranic force. And this Chaitanya is there uh, as pranatattva in every living cell of a human body. I believe there are some 27 billion cells in the body. And constantly there are new cells that are born and some cells that have lived their life and cease to be. Yet every cell is Chaitanya. Every cell is potent with that divine energy. Every cell is potent with that Chaitanya. This is not only in the living beings. Even as far as, let us say, you take any, any element, any element uh, that the physics can speak of, 
So every element is made of so certain molecule. Every molecule has its own number of atoms. Every atom is complete in itself, yet every atom has a nucleus. It has its own neutrons and protons. Some of the complex atoms, such as uranium and plutonium, they have many more neutrons and protons. The central nucleus is steady, yet the neutrons run around that central nucleus in a particular direction, neutrons run around that. So also the protons in another direction. And see the precise order, despite the, the numerous neutrons and protons, there is never, ever a traffic jam, nor an accident. This is in the minutest scale, my dear. And the distance between the central nucleus to the neutron is consistent. The speed of the neutrons is also consistent. The distance between the protons and the central nucleus is consistent. The speed of these protons is also consistent. And when atomic fusion occurs, this energy central nucleus is exposed and that we translate into electrical energy which is one of the most cheapest way we can produce electricity which we need so badly yet I say that all creation is nothing but energy, nothing but Shakti. And this is what we are going to explore. Today I'm just laying down a of the upcoming satsang when one by one so many aspects we will explore and how it impacts every human being. So this Chaitanya, or the Pranic Force, as we are understanding the true joy or the Satchidananda and its expression as Sattva Guna, Rajoguna, Tamoguna, these are the three guna, the three qualitative aspect of creation. The nature of what we are, every human being, the very nature of what we are, is an expression of all these three gunas. I have explained this, yet I will briefly go over with this. Sattva guna is something that propels one to do good, think good, be virtuous, live a righteous life, 
And when living that righteous life, we are all pursuing the supreme truth and the personal realization of that supreme truth. Rajoguna is that aspect, qualitative aspect of a human being that propels one to constantly be in action. Action automatically always have a, has a goal, a objective. Now, same is the case with Tamoguna, which is nothing but Tama means darkness. Tama means ignorance. Tama also means alasya, meaning sloth, sloth, laziness. People try to procrastinate. People think, I must do this now. But soon, they think, ah, I can put it off for tomorrow. But tomorrow, when they have to do it at 9 a.m., they wake up around 10 a.m. and realize, oh, gee, I missed that opportunity. Well, I'll do it next time when I get a chance. So all this procrastination and, and not knowing the gravity of their choices or why they act like this, they are unable to fathom that. Such people are also adept at one of their unique abilities is creating a self-defensive system. Their own mind creates, is their greatest, <laughs> uh, greatest uh, attorney like. Their own mind develops a system, an argument, and they believe that that is okay. So essentially, they produce something what you call as self-serving logic. And they are happy in their ignorance. Believe me, there are many, many, many that I know of. And then these are the people who think, that I have been worshipping Lord Shiva for so many years, or uh, David for so many years, or I've been doing so this, this, and that, that for so many years, and what has happened? God has not done anything for me. They are expecting what you call a miracle. And that is the dumbest thing that people could think of. All this is cause and of the nature of tamoguna. Each of these guna are like, let us say, rajoguna or sattvaguna or tamoguna. If you put it through a prism or like a rainbow as it uh, expresses itself, there are infinite depths of shades to each of these guna. And all these three will all have infinite depths of shades. And together when they act and make a person and develops as a personality, 
the personality pro- product is also infinite is also infinite so that is why though there are three guna yet there are no two people with similar or forget identical nature of their personality how does all of this happen how does all of this happen so this we are constantly living with society in the society in consonance or in support and using the nature we are part of that nature and display is constantly going on display of creation is constantly going on as i explained to you earlier that this pranic force that operates within us we have five organs of action five organs of intelligence we have five prana that we breathe in we have five upa prana supporting prana likewise the causal body and the causal body acts through the chitta and the chitta where the ego mind buddhi they are all there and through the chitta where the impact of the desires from the causal body are constantly impacting they are received as in as impulses by the mind the mind in consultation with your the intellect instructs the organs of actions and the actions happen likewise the subtle body also interacts through the chitta and through the mind and that is how human beings function the nature of their actions the nature of their thoughts are constantly conditioned by the nature of the expression of these three gunas and all then all these connections interconnections of the human system is possible by virtue of tanmatra they are called these are the electrical impulses that are received by the implements or organs of intelligence that are translated to the organs of action and this connection is all through tanmatras these are electrical impulses these electrical impulses are constantly exchanging in our physical system they are also exchanging in our brain which modern science of psychology and psychiatry has been able to explore i think by now i have made a effort in trying to put forth 
a framework of the upcoming discourses or satsang. And this being a phenomenally huge subject, I will need a lot of your attention and your participation. So next time when we meet, could you all please do me a favor? That is, could you please email me your questions or you can send your inquiries to Ushaji or come prepared. Do some homework, do some pre-thinking so that you are not just audience listening, but I want each and every one of you to be participants. There could be hundreds and hundreds of people who may be listening. I cannot give answers to all the questions in a time-limited satsang format. Yet, all of your questions are very important, and I will make every effort to answer all of your questions. Please give me that opportunity so that I'll be happy that you have understood what I'm saying. If there are no questions, then how would I know that you are traveling with me, you are working with me, you are walking with me, you are thinking with me, and we are all on the same page. Isn't that so? Ushaji? Namaste, Guruji. Namaste. Thank you very much. You're really getting into the nuts and bolts of, <laughs> of everything. And uh, I, I, I thank you for that. That's, this, is, this is amazing. I also wanted to take a moment to thank my sisters who provide the, the transcriptions and the, the, uh, the words that I can't understand and all their perfect recordings. Because I've been recording here, but my recordings aren't necessarily that great. But the ones that... Uh, uh, that Usha and Padma have uh, provided have been excellent. But one, one question that I wanted to ask, and, and based on the foundation of all of our previous satsangs in this session with the meditation and our sadhana and our, our, our yajna and our different practices, uh, you were talking, and I'm referring back to one of the previous talks, where the different layers of our different koshas have, have an energy connection, and those connections can be purified and cleansed and made clear for that pure energy to, to go through by doing our sadhanas and our meditations. So when we're doing all of these things that appear to be, to be actions, we're adjusting that prism you were talking about that adjusts those, the, the three gunas, is that correct? So that we can get a yeah, yeah, perfect no, balance? Yeah, I'm understanding you. You're Pardon making me? perfect sense to me. You're making good sense to me. Oh, I oh okay. I, I hear you now. I hear you. So I'm, I'm thinking that okay. what, what we're doing then is we're adjusting that prism so that the, the ultimate energy, that the Chaitanya that you're talking about, if I'm saying that correctly, I'm, forgive my pronunciation, but, but in order to get that balance correct, 
that's that's yeah, what yeah. our that's what our aim is. Your aim is as the Chaitanya is the very nature of what Almighty God is, and you also are essentially nothing but Chaitanya alone, my dear Charlie. You are not a six and a half feet tall big man, uh, no kind yet ferocious looking, infinitely loving and able. These are the expressions that you express. I happen to know a much deeper side of you that many don't know. And that that nobler, deeper side of yours is what I love about you. And this love should translate in you discarding all that is impermanent and going to the root cause of this impermanence and discovering the truth. This discovery of the truth is knowing the Chaitanya. And being one with the Chaitanya is nothing other than being one with the Almighty God. I am so glad you asked this question because this explanation that I'm giving would be of great use to so many participants. I hope I have answered you adequately. Thank you, Guruji. I, I can't begin to tell you uh, what that does. You know, years ago, there someone wrote a book called Conversations with God. Well, that's what I feel like we're having, we're having right now. I'm having a conversation with God. So, again, Guruji, thank you very much. And I'll pass on to the next caller. Thank you. And I'll, I'll list my questions you and whatnot. You're always and, welcome, my dear Charlie. Always welcome. Thank you so much. Language. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for the wonderful talk, Guruji. Thank you so much. Um, You're welcome, my dear. Guruji, you were telling about Chaitanya and the life force. Um, how does... I know, I understand from your talk that it is the basic force that pretty much makes every being function and responsible for the existence of the being. How do we actually identify that force? Um, we feel the existence the of... Very fast. Uh, uh, very good, very good question. You will not be able to identify that. But the very process of you trying to search for that is Chaitanya itself. Mm-hmm. Understand? And mm-hmm. when you do your disciplines, when you meditate on the Maha Mantra, Mm-hmm. The mantra, the charge in the mantra, the power in the mantra that brings about the transformation in the psychosomatic man is Chaitanya itself, my dear. And wow. eventually, when you are trying to search it, you become it. You cannot discover that 
independent of that it oh this is a process this is a process yet you are realizing in the progression in the process of your evolutions i'm talking of your spiritual evolution mm. that what propels you what makes you miss guruji what makes you remember is chaitanya it is not your memory it is your mm. memory that is driven by chaitanya wow so eventually you are nothing but an embodiment of that chaitanya itself when you are free of all the rest of the baggages when you are free of all the qualifications that there are mm. the absolute supreme truth which is unqualified mm. and you are living experience of that is mm. chaitanya understand oh. yes guruji you are a bright yes. girl you can understand and uh, i think you uh, you can get the gist of it yes, but objectively guruji. chaitanya cannot be understood yet yes, it guruji. can be experienced say guruji this is sri devi <coughs> oh hello sri devi uh, thank you so much guruji it is a wonderful uh, discourse i need to listen more to understand and ask you questions but i do have one question in the last discourse guruji uh, in the meditation meditation discourse you told um, all of us have a rhythm in our breath and once we understand the rhythm and tune the mahamantra to that rhythm uh, then it becomes easy I, this is how i understood i may be wrong guruji um, then the mantra then the mantra will be uh, with our breath we can continue doing that mantra along with the breath and all the three bodies our powers goes together uh, physical casual and subtle body goes together how do we understand that uh, how do we understand that rhythm okay, okay step 1 okay try constant this is where in the beginning state you will have to make your own efforts constantly reminding yourself to keep chanting that mantra okay there are two major steps one is when you meditate and when you meditate your posture your uh, hour of meditation keeping regularity of that meditation keeping the shuchita you understand this word the pavitrata do you understand yes. that yes guruji wonderful so that will make your mind also receptive and your physical being is also very ready and receptive to be in a meditative mood in the beginning it is always difficult but when you meditate keep chanting that mantra and pay attention to the sound of it and gradually you will uncover that there is a paddhati a system that you find very comfortable in chanting that keep chanting that this in meditation when you
अपने एक लक्ष्य विद द मंत्र ऑटोमेटिकली अलोंग विद दैट वेर विल देर विल बी डिस्ट्रैक्शन देर विल बी सो मेनी थॉट्स दैट विल कम बट द इंस्टेंट यू पे अटेंशन टू द थॉट्स यू आर प्रोवाइडिंग दम the energy do not do that pay attention only to the mantra these distractive thoughts are nothing but embedded memories in your subtle body that is the sukshma deha as also in your karana deha and this is all the mala mala meaning uh that what is needs to be cleaned you understand yes, these are all the memories and okay that is how you should meditate now every moment of the day whatever you do keep meditate uh, keep chanting the mahamantra you this will not interfere in your day to day activities but the instant you find some silence immediately this mantra will come to your attention that it is constantly going on so there is a transformation that is occurring in your subconscious or the sukshma deha when this japa chanting is becoming an automatic or upangshu japa so when you start meditating and chant the mantra automatically your breath also starts moving in tandem in agreement in consonance in line with the chanting of the mantra that okay. will happen because of the inherent power shakti chaitanya in the mantra itself Okay. Understand? Yes, Guruji. And then when you move into the Pashanti Varnam, that is when all the three uh, bodies of, yeah, that is the causal body, the Sukshma Sharir or the subtle body, and the physical body, they are all the man- Pranic Shakti, the Chaitanya Shakti in the mantra will impact all these three. and they will purify that in other words whatever negativities there may be in your memory those negativities because of the chaitanya the power of the mantra they impact all these negativities or the mana that is there is and convert it into an agreeable positive uh, input and it joins the chaitanya so your three deha become chaitanya yukta you understand okay. yes guruji okay yes yes thank you so much guruji thank you you are most welcome okay thank you so much guruji for your shower of knowledge and grace it is so wonderful and i don't have any questions at this time but thank you so much guruji i'm very happy i'm very happy for the work that you are doing it is tedious yet you are doing it so lovingly and i hear great compliments about it 
I want you to know, I appreciate that very much. Thank you very much, Amma. Thank you so much, Guruji. It is definitely, I'm blessed. I'm the blessed one. I cannot say anything more than that. Thank you so much. Okay, I know, I know, I know. That is so nice of you. Thank you. The point comes in my mind is, only way to achieve all this is Idanna Mama. That's what Sadhguru says, Parama Sadhguru says, and many books says. And uh, I need to do that, and I need your blessing for that. And what? And I need your blessing for you. You need your blessing immediately, right? Yes. And you need it always, right? Yes. Now, there is something that you have to do just by asking me. It does not happen. But by virtue of your dedicated practice, discipline, 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 my dear friends, only then, this mamatva of so many things goes away. But this mamatva, listen, listen, my friend, mamatva is not merely just get, uh, detachment. That detachment is, uh, as it goes away, it gets replaced by joy. And that joy, the cause of that joy is that Chaitanya that I'm talking about. That joy or that experience of knowingness, that experience of experience itself, is what is necessary. And for that, a consistent, regular practice, sadhana, is a must, my dear. Yes, yes, I agree with so you. So you do your part, you do your part, and everything else will unfold, I assure you that. Keep in mind, I will repeat this for your own sake. We have given you a reassurance that we will carry you there safely. But you have to do your part of ananyashchintayantomam yejanaha paryupasate. That upasana part is your part. This applies to all, all the seekers. Understand, my dear Vikas? Yes, yes. I'm very happy to find that you have joined. And please go over with all our previous satsangs. And if you have any questions, call me directly and we'll talk personally. Okay? I'm so glad you joined. Yes. Kariyom Shri Guru Namaha Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshwaraha Guru Akshat Parabrahma Tasmai Shri Guru Namaha Hari Namaste, namaste everybody. I cannot imagine the grandeur of the grace of Almighty God, my beloved Sadhguru, that despite being traveling and constantly on the heart, now I am in Vishakha Patanam, one corner of 
Andhra Pradesh. Today, this 7th of June, where from we are relaying today's satsang. Let me let me recap the last one and take a quick overview as to what we are going to talk about. This entire creation, the creator and the creative force, whatever happens, how it happens, and the dynamics, the dynamic force behind the creation, which we call, generally think and understand as the pranic force. But what is it that moves the pran itself? What is the life of this very pran, my dear? This very pran that throbs into every life. It pulsates into every life. There is the sap that moves through the veins of the trees and that sap that flows into the leaves and the tiny buds that are yet to bloom. These buds that eventually become flowers and bear fruits and creates a life, we cherish those fruits and nourish our life. What makes it so? So this entire creation that there is, the key creative force is the pranic force, is the force of life. And this force of life is driven by an even deeper, subtle, yet ever-enveloping force or power. This power is divine power. This divine power, for lack of better words, I would call it, even the wise ones have called it, as Chaitanya. So, this Chaitanya is the all-enveloping, all-creative force. When it is in its meditative mode, it is Paramatma or Almighty God. And when it is in its creative mode, is the Chaitanya with all its divine powers that are in dynamics and ever expressing in infinitely varieties of ways. And this force is what creates the ripples, rhythm in the entire creation. This rhythm, these ripples that we know of, eventually produce a vibration 
And this primordial vibration is the original sound, my dear ones. Understand, understand, please. This primordial vibration that produces the primordial sound, that sound has been going on incessant, continuous, uninterrupted. And this sound is nothing other than the own, the own that resounds in anything and everything and is all pervading. Let me draw your attention to friends that are familiar or have tried to study the Holy Bible. The Holy Bible in its uh, New Testament in the book of John speaks, in the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word. All that was made was made by the Word, of the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word is God. This is barely 25, 2600 years ago in the Holy Bible, 2500 perhaps, <coughs> in the book of John this statement appears. The same statement, state, the same statement uh, has been uh, expressed by the great seers and the rishis and all that came to be has come to be from this primordial sound. And this primordial sound that was motivated, moved by a universal dynamic force. That force we are talking about as Chaitanya. This Chaitanya is never ever evident, but is all the dynamic force, the very foundation, the very rock foundation of all the creation. There is something I very sincerely, very earnestly and lovingly want to appeal to each one of you. You will get a great expanse and depth of knowledge from these satsangs. Now, this knowledge is not enough. Otherwise, it will degenerate into you having information. That just information is useless, my dear friends. Understand, please. This knowledge has to translate into experience.
And this experience is the only thing you should believe. Because, because this experience is your own personal. There is no better knowledge than what you each one has experienced. Hence, analyze, analyze, study, do swadhyaya, and put it to practice. And I assure you that you will, depending upon your receptivity and purity and love that you may behold, that will give you a spectrum of this realization, this experience. Hence, automatically, it follows that you have no choice but to study here again and again. And here the previous one, because these stuffs are going to be in series. And when they are in series and you're not in continuity with the process of the thought, you will lose it. So don't come just for information. Don't come just for uh, uh, curiosity. This is very serious business because I am extremely serious as I am revealing, spilling the beans, you may call, and this knowledge is not available anywhere, even in the Vedas. So let me come back that a human being, which is a spark of that divine force, of that divine dynamics, which we call as Chaitanya, and this Chaitanya, when comes, is impacted by prana, that is the life force, which is nothing other than the air, but the air is not God. The power in the air is independent of the air. And when this comes with the life force as the soul, and the soul, when it accepts and becomes part, the soul becomes part of the pranic force and becomes a being, may it be in the womb of the mother or as a growing young being, a girl, guy, does not matter. And this pranic force eventually expresses itself in so many different, different ways, human beings have five karma indriyas, uh, implements of actions, implements of knowledge. Likewise, there are pancha prana. This same life force breaks down into five different major areas. There are five different types of desires that human beings have. Desire to see, desire to hear, desire to smell, desire to taste, desire to speak, and desire for the joy of touch, and so forth. And along with all your various uh, 
the implements of actions. There are power centers there, intelligence centers there, where the uh, Vedic scriptures calls them as Devata or the divine power centers. And there are so many such centers in the entire human body. And there are presiding power centers there. This is not just the pancha karma indriya, pancha jnana indriya, or the pancha tanmatra. These tanmatras are also of various, various different levels. Aside from that, the, the entire human structure, from the tip to the toe, that is from the toe to the crown, there are seven major energy centers. And these centers are junctions from where various motor or physical activities are carried out. The food that you eat gets translated, transformed into the digesting substance and the juices or the nutrients extracted from that are extracted, separated, and made usable by delivering them to the various digestive systems and organs. How does that happen? This happens through various divine energies that are constantly operating in the human system. By virtue of human creation, God the Almighty has given every human being ten tapa years of life. One tapa year is equal to twelve years. So ten tapa years is ten times twelve, that is hundred and twenty years. So that is the hundred uh, total lifespan for every human being. And in that lifespan, it is only human beings on this earth, only human beings that to on this earth have the ability to discover, understand, experience the supreme joy. The joy is the expression of the supreme pranic force, which is none other than the Chaitanya itself or the very prana, the very life of all creation. So the very foundation of prana is the basic Chaitanya. This Chaitanya is the, of the nature of power, which is with the most powerful one, 
that we call as Almighty God, which we also call as Shiva. And Shiva and its Shakti are inseparable always. They are never separate. They can never be separated. There is a beautiful Vedic mantra which goes as follows. Esha Atma Shaktihi, Esha Vishwa Mohini, Pashankusha Dhanur Bhanadhara, Esha Shri Mahavidya, Ya Evam Veda, Sashokam Tarati. So, the power and the powerful one, the power cannot have, never has its independent existence from that of the one that wields the power. So the power and the powerful one, they are all one and the same. In simple words, it is the Shiva and his Shakti. They are inseparable. And the Shakti itself is Shiva. And Shiva is Shakti Swarupa also. And this is the foundation. That is where the, what we understand as Parabrahma or Paramatma Parmeshwara, that is without Nirguna Nirakara, meaning is without any attributes, without any shape, yet is all enveloping and without birth or death, and hence. It is nothing other than absolute infinitum. And all the great seers have been always worshipping, adoring, and trying to please, trying to understand, trying to be in ever adoration and surrender to because surrendering here is meaning to be one with. And in this process, these great sages were overjoyed, overjoyed that this exceptional state of abrians or joy is something called as Parama-ananda or Parmananda. <coughs> and this Parmananda is again the expression of this divine Chaitanya itself. And they, when they become saturated with that, there is a reference when great rishis such as Atharva and Tipalada they were in their solitude doing yajna and chanting Samaveda and Samhita, Samhita meaning the verses of all the Vedas, suddenly became quiet and the peace was overwhelming. But the peace was further saturated with infinite joy, and then they realize in that joy, 
that Almighty God or Parabrahma or the Supreme Chaitanya is one and the same. That the what we understand or call or address as Almighty God is nothing other but Chaitanya itself. So Chaitanya is the very being of Almighty God, my dear friends. Understand this. Now, the secrets of this prana tattva, tattva means principle. Okay, there we will run into several such words as we go along. Prana tattva. The very foundation of this prana tattva is Almighty God, because it is Chaitanya. And the description of this, or the secrets of this, you will not find in any Vedic documents or books, nor will you know it by following any particular Vidya, or by being part of a fellowship, or by doing any particular sadhana, discipline. It can never happen in all its understanding. So this this Chaitanya expresses itself in so many different ways that as Sadrup, Sad means Satya, that is the truth, the nature as the nature of truth. Chidrup, Chida means Chitta, that the human body, the human being, their physical body, the subtle body, then the causal body, the subtle body that connects to the Chitta, and the Chitta is the connection between the causal body and the subtle body. The Chitta is at the junction of various energy centers there that include mana, that is the mind, buddhi, the intellect, chitta, and ahankara. Ahankara meaning ego. All these together operate as, as antakkarana and are connecting the, the causal body and the subtle body. We have gone extensively over this earlier. And then the chitta, the, uh, the mind reads the instructions that come through the chitta and the action follows. So the dynamics that, that go on, what makes all these things happen, the maker of that is the universal Chaitanya. That is there common in the physical body, in the subtle body, in the chitta, uh, as ahankara, as mana, as buddhi, together with antakkarana, as also the causal body, the dy- dynamics is nothing other but the chaitanya, the pranic force itself. And this chaitanya expresses itself by virtue of the life force in every being by virtue of the pranic force itself. Similarly, every cell, 
every cell in your body. Uh, there are statements that I have read and understood as a human body has 27 billion cells and each cell is complete in its own way. Each cell is a aggregate of Chaitanya, is full of the necessary attributes that that particular cell can function in conjunction with the neighboring cells as well. And these cells keep on rejuvenating themselves. <coughs> you understand this, every cell as just a part of the body. But the cell may be there, but what is the dynamism that goes on there? The pranic force, that is the very part of it. It cannot be separated. Hence, cells cannot be created and they cannot be modified. Now the science goes in so many different ways. But that's a separate subject. So this every cell is a charge, the power center of this Chaitanya itself. And it is through these cells and through the human being as such. The three primordial qualities of Sattva Guna, of Rajoguna and of Tamoguna. Last time I explained to you that this Sattva, Rajatama, are, these are three different attributes and they are like a, when you put it through a spectrum, they amplify themselves into so many infinite shades. Their depth is different, their intensity is different. And uh, each of these rays or uh, shades, when they intermingle with the other two guna, may be Tamoguna, Rajoguna or Sattvaguna, create a impression, create a impact. And your desires, your aspirations, they are all of the nature of these three, three guna. And these are again motivated by virtue of Pranatattva, the pranic force, Tattva means principle. And this entire human being as such, the way it expresses itself is all through the dynamic force of this Chaitanya or the Chaitanya that expresses itself as the pranic force in every human being and how these forces act, interact and express themselves during my talks on meditation, particularly the last two sessions on meditation, uh, I have explained quite detailed as to how our three bodies, that is a physical body, how the uh, Tanmatra, the five senses, and the, the five energy centers of these senses, 
how to interact and how we have to free ourselves from the attachment to these three bodies. And there is a greater universal self that is a Virata Purusha. Or in the Bible, there is a, again, why I come to Bible is because we have many, many listeners that are familiar with Bible. So for their convenience, I'm referring to the Bible. Just yesterday, I was going through uh, some several pages list of number of people who do visit our, and hear our talks. And it was something like 11 pages. Each page may have over 180 names. So that many people were listening to that, and I think I know most of them, but there are so many new people, and I cannot talk to all of them. So there are thousands of listeners, and for the benefit of the wider listening audience, I'm trying to give comfortable, suitable references that they may be familiar with. In the Bible, Lord Jesus Christ, I said, thou shalt not swear by the heavens as that's where the Almighty Father is. Thou shalt not swear by the earth as the earth is his footstool. Now let me bring you to the original concept that I had explained to you that you, I, we, all, each and every one is nothing different from what Almighty God is. We are all clones, identical with Almighty God, what Almighty God is. However, I have a John Doe here, a Jane Doe there, and Lata and Saraswati and Gita and Nita and Preeti and Ganesh and Gopal and Gangadhar and Lambodhar and so on and so forth. So many of them. And all of them have two feet. All of them have two hands, one head. And all the implements that uh, are typical, very common to a, a human being. And yet all have their feet on the earth. In that body dwells the same spirit, the same spark, the same Chaitanya. That Chaitanya is as what the Almighty God is. Now please understand the grandeur of the great statement of Lord Jesus Christ. We all have to get beyond the thresholds of whatever fellowship, whatever religion we may belong to, and get into the pursuit of the universal truth and be truthful, be sincere to that, so that it will start unfolding itself. It will start unfolding within you. The knowledge is there within you itself. And hence, again and again, I'm trying to say that this knowledge that you are getting, very easily soon it will degenerate into not knowledge. 
but matter of information. That matter of information is as good as reading the world atlas and believing that you know the whole world. And if you believe that you're, you know the whole world, then that is the extent of your smarts. That sure, sure, you will know the whole world looking at the world atlas. But there is no substitute to have this knowledge and travel around the world and get that experience. Nothing substitutes that. So similarly, this knowledge that should translate into knowingness for that, you have to pay attention, practice, meditate, understand, and be in constant pursuit of this. So, along with all the creation that came to be, <coughs> this creation started with the primordial sound. Primordial sound, which is Omkar or Om, this Anahata sound, that is, uh, this sound came to be not because of some strike, as a drummer may strike a drum, or someone playing, playing veena may strike a string, or like a violin where the threads are being vibrated, uh, and so forth. Almost all the music is like that. But this just comes to be by virtue of its own rhythmic expression of the primordial sound. So that is why there is no sound that has been created by virtue of a strike. But it just happens to be, it comes to be by virtue of its constant uh, impact on the creation. And this sound was the word that the Holy Bible is talking about in the book of John. This is the sound that Om, that even the Vedic knowledge is unable to envelop, expound, and give an absolute complete meaning. It gives a lot of information, a lot of direction, and gives you the ways to experience that. But to describe this, there are no words, no language, nothing can describe it. So the very expression of the Almighty God was through this sound. This sound, Omkar, is the foundation of the expression of joy. This is also called Pranava. Pranava meaning the very joy or the very life force of the creation. And this is the first point where where prana came to be. And by virtue of this prana, that is when the creation of all the creation, the beginning of the creation, started and established. There are so many galaxies, so many graha, uh, meaning planets and their respective moons. Likewise, there are so many constellations 
and we earthlings are familiar with our sun <coughs> this sun is a body where this pranic tattva i would like to go over this independently separately how oh, the sun is not just a ever burning ball of fire but it is an ever emanating force of life force of prana force of that dynamic uh, movement that makes the saplings bloom that makes the seeds germinate that makes the fish in the water live and there are so many so many uh, electricides that are constantly emanating from sun and how this phenomenon is happening by divine dynamic of pranic force there that there is a continuous chain of ever continuous cycle of explosions and implosions and explosions that produce the life drums that the entire universe is nourished by the electricides that are very essential for life on earth and also on other forces likewise the moon is also so vital that the entire sun's light is received by the moon and yet it relays transmits returns to sun's rays that are so soothing so pacifying not only that that the rays rays moon's rays create the varieties of juices nourishing elements in plant life in animal life because everyone depends upon the other for their own perpetuation for their own i will go over that part separately because it's a very expensive subject so this sun and the agni tattva the principle of fire likewise the principle of light likewise vidyut tattva meaning the electricides all of them come together and they come and express themselves as prana tattva or as the principle of life which impacts all creation the earth itself and this is nothing other than the very chaitanya or the very dynamic uh, divine force that is understood experienced and and perpetuates as life on the earth likewise in every atom in every cell in every complete atom as such as i last time i said there is a central nucleus there are neutrons protons and the this the flight of the neutrons and protons and their directions is predetermined their distance from the central nucleus is precise there is never a traffic jam there 
and yet the power in this atom is self-contained and stays there. So the entire creation uh, is nothing but Chaitanya. Nothing but Chaitanya is another, uh, there is another word for it, that is the power, energy. You know, these are all gross words. They do not adequately describe what is Chaitanya. But still, so this chronic force that was created, established, and sustained in the sun and is nourishing the entire uh, uh, neighborhood of all our planets and their respective moons. And these respective moons are again nourishing their respective planet that they belong to, is all intertwined, entwined by the divine power that is the Chaitanya, which we may call as pranic force. At this point, we are coming to a third major point. The first one was the very expression of supreme power is by virtue of Chaitanya. And this expression of Chaitanya, uh, as it impacted the life force, which became prana, and through that, the creation of entire creation started. In the, the second one was, the how the primordial sound came to be and how this primordial sound which is oh it belongs to all creation all creation my dear all creation everyone <laughs> that is the original word through which all that was created came to be and is the very power in the entire gamut of spoken word made be of any any language does not matter so that was the second the third point that I made today was about the sun and along with the sun now I want you to understand I think most of you are familiar with uh, Gayatri Mantra. So Gayatri is a meter, you know, the mode how some mantras are chanted or sung. But this mantra, uh, Gayatri Mantra, refers to the sun. Sun that we see in the heavens, in the sky, that is not the sun. Though that is a sun that it is very easy for a human mind to refer to and understand. Now, the sun, as is described by the science of Vedas, is as follows. Suryate, prasuryate, iti suryaha. Suryate, prasuryate, iti surya. Suryate means one who gives birth to, one who creates. 
and one who creates again and again and sustains. So that creator is the Surya. Automatically from this it follows that at some point of time, Earth came to be. At some point of time, Sun came to be. And the Sun was made as a glowing ball of fire, light, and page, and so much more. <laughs> so there has to be a creator of the Sun and the Earth and their respective moons and our neighboring planets also. So the creator of this creation is much greater than the sun that we are talking. So when meditating on this supreme power, meditating on this supreme Chaitanya, that is when this mantra, Gayatri mantra, I think it is uh, uh, very well known across the whole globe, and so forth, that was revealed. And this revelation is potent with the divine power of the universe and the power that presides this power is called a Shakti that Shakti is typically understood as Gayatri or Gayatri Mata Mata means mother Gayatri Mata means that creative power that creates and recreates and sustains but this power is the one that also empowers and makes you the very embodiment of that power of creation, that the very embodiment of the dynamic force of Chaitanya, that is what being one with the Almighty itself. So this is the third principle that I have been talking I have just introduced. Now let me come today to a fourth point. The fourth point is on, on human plane. When, when an embryo starts pulsating in the mother's womb and this acquires a heartbeat, that is when the Chaitanya and the pranic force starts expressing in that embryo and at an opportune time a baby is born when this baby is born instantly as it grows acquires a physical body likewise is expressing itself as a particular kind of a body but baby as a particular temperament of the baby. This temperament is something like the expression of this subtle body or sukshma sharira. And the karana sharira, the causal body, which has a storehouse of all the information and the roadmap for the life that this baby will have to go follow and endure as it unfolds. And uh, this baby is named by the parents as, let us call it, John. And this John believes that I, if I am John, I am studying in 10th grade 
and next year I'll be going to junior, and thereafter I'll be in senior year, and then I'm headed to college. And I um, I like Jane Doe because she's my uh, friend, my best friend, and I think she might be my girlfriend, and so on, so forth, and so forth, you know. And then I have I like this and I don't like that, and all, so many unique expressions that the John may have. These, these are the personality traits. These personality traits are because of the subtle body, the subtle body and the likes and all that I love about myself or John loves about himself. He loves his physical self. He loves his personality. He loves that his name is John. And he thinks that he is the most handsome person. At the same time, he loves his mom because she is the most loving person. He believes that he loves his dad because he is the strongest man on the earth. And he is the greatest man and the best friend that John can have. Likewise, he also believes that his mom is the prettiest one. The one that is the most kind, most loving. It is very difficult for him to understand that his friend, Peter, also has a mother and a father. But he believes my mom is greater than any other mother. So all this uniqueness, understand, my dear friends, all this uniqueness uh, that this John has accepted and believes is what sets him apart from anyone and everyone. Thereby he acquires a uniqueness, and this uniqueness sets him apart, and he envelops himself as the owner of the physical body, the owner of the subtle body, the owner of the causal body. Likewise, he believes that he is the doer because he is the one who ran that 450-meter hurdles race and won the gold medal. And he believes that he is the best uh, hurdles race champ. Likewise, he also got the best swim mass in swimming, freehand swimming. And he thinks that it is all because of him that that uh, glory has come to him. Likewise, he loves mangoes. His likes and dislikes are all his. And he's the one who experiences life the way he does. He's the one who knows his life. So the knowership of all his life, the doership of his life, and <laughs> the one to experience all of that. And because of him, that is what his life is. It is because of him that what his life is. In simple words, there are four principles that I just try to go over. One is Nyatrutva, that means the knowing of all. Second thing is Bhoktrutva, that is the experiencer of all. Third is the doership of all. I did this, I ran that race, I got my first medal, I am uh, 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 
एक्स वाई जी वट एवर वट एवर यूनिकनेस आई है सो द डुअरशिप ऑफ दैट एंड द लास्ट इज दैट इट इज बिकॉज ऑफ मी दैट सो मेनी थिंग्स आर पॉसिबल एंड आई एम द डुअर ऑफ ऑल दिस सो दीज फोर प्रिंसिपल्स माइंड यू आई विल गो ओवर दैन in far greater details next time i think at this point of time usha ji i will try and take a few questions if we have next time we will talk to all of you from hyderabad hariyo thank you i'm i'm caught in the flow of this satsang and i i want to thank you for yeah. that and i also want to thank you for your references for like people that have been raised here and had uh with with christian undertones and we've been taught many many lessons and had that pounded in our heads since we were little kids so those references really really help in helping to understand those those deep messages that you're See, getting across these, these my dear my dear charlie let us never adore such great ones as lord moses or abraham and the great ones daniel and so forth until lord jesus christ they are not ordinary human beings made be the holy prophet muhammad who preached islam peace may peace be on him they are for all teachers of all humanity and we are truthful and willing to learn there is a lot we can learn from all of them as lord shri krishna does not belong to hindu he is for all humanity lord shri ram does not belong to hindu alone is to all humanity and there are such great ones who have been ideals to all of us including the great prophet zoroaster who spoke of ahur mazda in persia there have been so many other bahullah for example who spoke of great revelations by by his teachings in bahai principles they are beautiful principles but we think this is mine and that is not mine and this separation that occurs in our human mind which are influenced by so many thoughts and this is cleaning the slate understand so i'm glad that you asked said this there is one detour i would like to take that speaking about pranayam and the pranic force pranic force is one thing and the exercises of prana that is the breath you do achieve certain uh, powers it is the same thing as the power of speech that you have i have we all have 
this power of speech, when used with justification and understanding, if I speak to you with genuine love, genuine understanding and compassion, it makes it very difficult, no matter how mad you may be at me, yet it is very difficult for you to be mad at me and stay mad at me. It, that also takes energy. Likewise, if you are a short-tempered individual, that same madness can provoke you to strike me. That is also energy. So knowing the difference between the two and how to use that, that is how the human mind progresses. Understand? But yeah. there are no pitfalls as far as the sadhana of pranayam is concerned. But doing it correctly is very important. You are right on that. I hope you have got a, a satisfactory answer there. Yes, Guruji. Thank you. You do. You you uh and you and to reference the first part of your statement, you do bring all the great ones together for us, and that that uh, yeah yeah that that is an enlightening aspect. Uh, it helps me to understand all those all those different those great souls. So I thank you for that. And I also wanted to mention too, uh, for everyone that's listening, uh, to check out the latest transcription that uh, Padmaji has, has uh, put out there because. In it, Guruji, she has a listing, a glossary of all the uh, Vedic words and, and yes, things that yes, I normally would not understand. As, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yes, she's glossary. As user-friendly as we can. Yes. I'm glad you noticed that, and I'm glad you can appreciate that. And you so I want, yeah, I want everyone to, to uh, enjoy and, and, and learn from that, just like I'm learning, and I, I do appreciate that. I just wanted to mention that, and I'll pass along now. Thank you, Guruji. You're most welcome, Charlie. Bye bye. Thank you so much, Charlie. That was for you, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> <laughs> the next caller is 1942. 1942. Uh, Gurudev Dutt, Guruji, I have no question. This is Yamaha. Hello, Yamaha. Hello. Gurudev Dutt, just um, I'm happy to hear this one, and uh, I have no question, Guruji. Okay, thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much, Yamini. The next uh, four digits are five three six six. Five three six six. Namaste, Guruji. This is Padmod Bhava. Hello, Namaste, Padmod Bhava. You got what you were looking for. Okay, good. Yes, Guruji. Thank you so much, and uh, thank you for driving home the point that no matter how much we listen to the talks, it's practice, practice, and practice. So, uh, just need your yes. blessings to be steady on yes, the practice. Yes, yes, yes. You always have, you always have our blessing, and truly, this knowledge that has to translate into realization. For that swadhyaya is necessary. This has to proceed with the disciplines of yajna dan sapa karma swadhyaya. The very first step is Agnihotra. And I assure all of you, you will only gain from this and move forward. That discipline is the bedrock of any progress. 
Likewise, this knowledge that I'm trans- giving, spilling, giving it generously, you will not find it anywhere. It will degenerate or translate into just matter of information, and that matter of information will not be of much use to anywhere other than just matter of conversation and showing off and nourishing your own ego. Then don't blame me. Okay, Pandita. Thank you, Guruji. Thank you so much. I have no questions now, Guruji. Thank you, Guruji. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Padmod Bhava. Thank you for your addition. That was wonderful, and we all appreciate it. You have another one coming, okay? <laughs> yes, yes, I'm working on it. Thank you. You know, Guruji always says the uh, benefit for service is more service. <laughs> yes, yes, and I appreciate the opportunity. I'm so grateful for it. We all know that, right? <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much. Wonderful. Wonderful. Then, Wonderful. The next caller is 1045. 1045. Namaste, Guruji. This is Sharda Guruji. Yes, Sharda. Hello. Uh, I got my cake, my dear. Today's relation is. I got my cake. <laughs> Thank you, Guruji. Okay. It, it's excellent. It's amazing, Guruji. I have one or two questions. I'll call you personally and I'll talk. And uh, I'll call you. Please do. Please Thank you so much, Guruji. Namaste. Thank you so much, Thank you for uh, making our video conference happen, for all the video equipment you sent. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, Guruji, the next caller is 2065. But I think as you gather more and more experience and relate to what you say, I think the knowledge will dawn, I think, uh, slowly, slowly. So I think with your blessings, grace, love, and, and uh, you know, affection that you shower on us, I'm sure, you know, we'll get to that uh, place where you are saying we need to get. So, uh, Guruji, <laughs> that's all I had to say for today. See the discipline that you have chosen to wear, that you practice every day. Yes, Guruji. Okay? Yes, Guruji. That same discipline together with Agnihotra will translate you. And you will be amazed how the grace of the Great One will start expressing itself. Yes, but as I said, discipline, 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 my dear. Discipline is very important. Yes, Guruji. Yes, Guruji. Thank okay, you so next. much, Satish. Yes, Guruji. Thank you so much for calling in. Guruji, the next uh, caller, the last four digits, 9419. 9419. 9419, please speak. 
नमस्ते गुरुजी दिस इज हमसा थैंक यू सो मच नमस्ते गुरुजी दिस इज चंद्रशेखर
All love, all love, all grace, all grace. Bye now. Thank you, Guruji. Thank you. Thank you so much, and uh, thank you for driving home the point that no matter how much we listen to the talks, it's practice, practice, and practice. So, uh, just need your yes, blessings yes. to be steady on yes, the practice. Yes, yes, yes. You always have, you always have our blessing, and truly, this knowledge that has to translate into realization for that swadhyaya is necessary. This has to proceed with the disciplines of Yajna Dhan, Sapa, Karma, Swadhyaya. The very first step is Agnihotra, and I assure all of you, you will only gain from this and move forward. That discipline is the bedrock of any progress. Likewise, this knowledge that I am giving, spilling, giving it generously, you will not find it anywhere. It will degenerate or translate into just matter of information, and that matter of information will not be of much use to anywhere other than just matter of conversation and showing off and nourishing your own ego. Then don't blame me. Thank you, Guruji. Thank you so much. I have no questions now, Guruji. Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Devo, Maheshwaraha, Guru Sakshat, Parabrahma, Tasmai Shri, Gurave Namaha, Brahmanandam, Paramasukadam, Kevalam, Gnana Murtim, Dwandva, Eatam, Gagana Sadrusham, Tatamasyadilaksham, Ekam, Nityam, Bimalamachalam, Sarvadhi, Sakshibhutam, Bhava, Eatam, Trigunarahitam, Sadgurum, Tanamami, Hariyom, Thank you, Guruji. Om Hello, everybody. Now, today, evening, I am in Hyderabad, Andhra Pradesh, or rather Telangana now. It is 14th of June. And I think this is the third satsang when we have been exploring this subject of Chaitanya or Prana Tattva and how all enveloping this Prana Tattva is, how enveloping this Chaitanya is. Now, when speaking about Prana and Prana Tattva, Tattva means principle. Understand this. Prana Tattva means the principle of Prana. Chaitanya is the primordial divine energy or the divine Shakti. As typically, when we turn on a switch, the lights come on. When the lights come on, that is the effect of the electricity. But the electricity cannot be shown. Similarly, 
So electricity is there. But this electricity, which is called current, is constantly current, is ever rejuvenating, is ever pulsating, is ever active. What, uh, what makes it active? That force, that power, we may call it as Chaitanya. In English language, there is no parallel word for Chaitanya. So I think all friends that are not familiar with Chaitanya should add this word into their vocabulary. Chaitanya is the very expression of what we love, adore, worship, revel as Almighty God. You cannot see it, but the effects of that is definitely there. Let me give you a simple example. In the distant horizon, you see a plume of smoke rising. When you see that plume of smoke, you deduce or you infer that there has to be a fire. There is a statement in the scriptures which says, Yatra Dumra Tatra Vani, meaning wherever there is Dumra, meaning smoke, Tatra means there, there has to be Agni, that is fire. So just from the symptom, from the expression of smoke, there has to be fire is the inference. So the smoke is a expression of the fire. The fire expresses itself in varieties of ways, and it is through these expressions that we determine what the cause has to be. Similarly, this prana, the pranic force or the life force that is constantly, constantly pulsating, active in the entire creation. This action part is by virtue of energy. And this energy comes from this Chaitanya. Chaitanya is the expression of the absolute supreme power. That power is nothing other than what we address ever as Almighty God. Now, this power of Chaitanya or Prana is pulsating in the entire, entire creation, all the creation, in human beings, in plant life, in all that there is, there is prana tattva, that is the pranic force. This pranic force is the expression of Chaitanya. Uh, please uh, bear with me for a second.
अंसारे तो दिस एक्सप्रेशन ऑफ प्राणिक फोर्स इज अ वेरी लाइफ फोर्स दैट वी आर टॉकिंग अबाउट गो बैक टू एयर एग्जाम्पल दैट आई गेव ऑफ वन यंग मैन बाई नेम देव दत्ता देव दत्ता यंग फेलो वेरी हैप्पी ब्रिंग्स अ बंच ऑफ फ्लावर्स एंड अ बास्केट फुल ऑफ फ्रूट्स फॉर गुरुजी and he so happy to see so many other friends in the satsang that in that excitement he didn't even realize that he was having a heart attack and he does get a massive heart attack and he dies some friends call the doctor the doctor feels for his breath by virtue of the pulse and then he also tries to hear the heart so when there was breath in devadatta that made his heart pump pulsate and that caused a heart beat and that caused the pulse this pulse is an indication that that body of devadatta breathing or was breathing so the breath the pranata which is moved by the pranata to the heart beat and simultaneously produced a pulse the heart beat is an expression of the pranic force or the breath is the expression of the pranic force as a life breath and this life breath expresses itself as a heartbeat and the heart becomes an expression of the breathing process that produces a pulse so the pulse is also an expression of the heartbeat likewise it is also an expression of breath the pranic force that moves similarly the pranic force the life force in the entire creation expresses itself in the entire creation in all the creation it this is what makes the saplings grow and the trees to have leaves and limbs branches and eventually they have flowers flowers bloom into producing little buds of fruits these fruits are nourished by the five primordial elements the earth water ether uh, fire tej or agni and so forth same is the process even for human beings that devadatta who just died was a baby still in the embryo and yet was nourished in the mother's womb and when he appears on the earth as a young baby he is nourished by all these primordial elements and young baby becomes a young boy eventually a young man and we he dies 
So what happens that anywhere there is change, this body of Jeshtattva is also subject to change. The trees that are born or that grow, produce flowers and fruits and so forth, are all subject to change. The body died and upon the death, what happens is the prana or the pranic force left that body. This pranic force is the expression of the Chaitanya. The Chaitanya is the expression of Almighty God itself. And Chaitanya is the one that does not die, my dear friends, understand. That does not die. That is why we address in loving Almighty God. We call it as Vimalam Achalam. Vimalam means that is painlessly pure, unaffected, unattached, unblemished, which cannot be qualified by virtue of words, cannot be described. Because it is beyond words. It is totally beyond words. The next word, achalam, that means that it is never moving. It is constant, stable, steady, where it is. Because there is no place for it to go. All the place, by virtue of space, is occupied by that Chaitanya itself. There is no time, because the time it freezes. There is no concept of time. There is never yesterday there. There is never now there. There is never tomorrow. What we have there is a continuous, present, eternal situation. So it is always there. It is unmoving. But the expression of this Chaitanya, by virtue of the pranic force, is very operative in the entire creation. Now, the entire creation is subject to change. There is change in anything and everything, all, everything that is changing. But the eternal principle of the Chaitanya, or the Chaitanya that was there in Devadatta, when Devadatta was active as any other young man, that itself has departed from that body, and now that body is decaying, so the body is subject to change. But look at this phenomenon. When I ask a young girl by name Jane, how old are you? And she says, I am 16 years old, and I will be 17. And I am studying in school. I am a junior in school. Next year, I will be seniors. See how she qualifies herself. And then she says, I love to study English literature. Why don't you study Chinese literature? Because I don't know Chinese. All these qualifications are attributes to 
the Chaitanya that has occupied a body which is qualified as Jane and Jane qualifies herself as a girl and then she qualifies herself as one who is a junior in school and all the other attributes that she is expressing. All these things are subject to change. Yet, we all love our bodies. Now let it come down to all of us. We all love this body. We believe this is my body. We believe that the subtle sharira or the subtle body is sukshma sharira as also the causal body is all that I am. And I am going to be a opera singer. That is what James says. Whereas our Charlie says that I want to be a scholar in Indo-sciences or Indology, you may call it, spiritual sciences. There are so and so many. Everyone has a, a specific perception of life and becoming one like that. These are all attributes that each one is trying to acquire. But as this young man, Devadatta, who passed away, died, he was a great, uh, great ball player. Now he cannot play that ball player as a ball, uh, as a ball player. And some friends are saying that, oh, I'm so sorry, we lost a great ball player. He used to play great on first base, always. You are the greatest player, so on, so forth, and so forth. So this attachment to the physical body, the subtle body, the causal body, and believing that that is what I am, and I am a ball player, or I want to be an opera singer, or I want to be a scholar. All these are I, are I, based on I, and this I is the aspect of ego which believes that this is what I am. And that is the mass of ignorance. That is the mass of ignorance. That is where I want to explain this to all of you. All of you because each and every one of you are very, very, very precious and very dear to Almighty God because not only all of you, including I, we are all His children. And keep in mind, we all, we all are made in His image. So we are exactly what the Almighty God is. But we perceive ourselves as Jane Doe or Charlie so-and-so or Devahatta, uh, the great ball player, and so many such qualified individuals. And these qualifications are nothing but wrappers that shroud principle of what we essentially are, we are essentially that 
through the pulsation uh, of the divine power, Almighty God with His power, the power expresses itself in a rhythm, in a, in a wave, and a wave, so there is always going to be ripples there. And this expression of through this rhythm created a sound. That sound is the primordial sound that has been pulsating in the entire creation, entire creation. And that sound is none other than what we so often say as oh. Everyone will have to uh, remember this. And they chanting that or saying that will be each individual's expression. But truly this resounds in your entire body from the navel up and it really pulsates, vibrates into the entire system and suddenly you feel a different uh, state of being. So this almost primordial sound, through this sound all that came to be uh, started happening. And life came to be on earth. This life needed this pranic force. So prana is not only just the air that we breathe, that is just an expression of the pranic force. But there is an incessant, continuous need of this pranic force. This, for this pranic force, the sun that we see in the heaven sky was created and in this sun there are three major energies one is fire second is electricity in it that is electricity in its spectrum of expressions so I call it as electricity thirdly Prakash or light and this creation of all this is also an expression of the pranic force itself or the prana itself because the sun spreads that prana, produces that and sends it to the entire universe when this sunlight reaches anywhere, all the 14 worlds we may call, the seven of the underworld or the netherlands they may call it, and the, the seven upper worlds where all the heavens and Devaloka and Nakshatraloka and so forth are there. And there are beings there. These beings thrive on this pranic force that emanates from the sun itself. That is how farmers plant his seed and expect good rains along with that good sunshine and hopes to have a bumper crop. 
because that is what feeds the humanity and feeds his family as well. So, this primordial sound of home is the expression of the very being of the very supreme power of Almighty God and is also an expression of Almighty power which is Chaitanya. Chaitanya is the very being of what we understand as Almighty God. And this, the nature of it is that it is full of joy. This Omkar or this primordial sound is full of joy. It is full of life and it is through that the creation came to be and keeps on getting that is recreation of the creation, the subservience of the creation as also the dissolution and in the dissolution what happens is the matter that was goes back to its elements where it came from but the pranic force or the Chaitanya, the very spark of the divinity is still there. It never dies, my friends. So whatever that is never born, never dies. So that is the very nature of you, I, we, all. So in the same way, it is not just the life, but all the matter that came to be, by virtue of its various, let us look at the microstructure of it. I, I gave you a, a picture, a, a snapshot of the creation as such. That is the macro structure of the creation itself. At the micro level, there is matter. And with the matter further, we break it down to its elemental or atomic state. What do we find there? We find there is central nucleus, neutrons, protons, and between the neutrons and protons, there is power between the, between the central nucleus and the, uh, and the revolving neutrons and protons, there is power there. This power in it, is in its unexpressed nature. There is a very good Sanskrit word for that, which is a Pragatas city. City means state. Pragata means that which is patent. A Pragata meaning it is latent. It is unknown, unexhibited. So the mass that storms, whatever you can see, mountains or rivers, waters, glaciers and all that, is a matter of mass. This mass in its elemental state is nothing but power, nothing but energy, nothing but Shakti. And there is, when this Shakti is used in atomic uh, energy creation, they create a inclusion of this Shakti. There is a, a, what you call, these atoms are separated by artificial ways, engineering ways, and this uh, energy 
which is there, expresses itself as a tremendous explosion and produces tremendous heat and that is used to produce electricity and that produces activities and that helps the industry and jobs and whatnot and so forth. So at the micro level also, it is this energy, it is the Chaitanya and energy can never be destroyed nor can it be created. It changes its form, its expression. When we speak about the energy that is constantly being produced in the sun, in the sun itself there is a constant regenerating uh, activity that is going on. And this regenerating activity is recreating that energy continuously, incessantly, for millenniums, and there has been no change. And as you know, in the space, sun is the only steady body that does not move anywhere. And it is the planet and the rest of the eastern world that spins around the sun. So the expression of energy, expression of prana, expression of the pranic force, the life force, is also the expression of what the sun is and what it produces. Now, this pranic force has created the Gayatri Mantra, and last time I explained you how uh, a great sage by name Vishwamitra, he was worshipping that supreme power, and that supreme power appeared to him as a dazzling bright light as if there were thousands of suns put together and through that expression he heard the Gayatri Mantra. This Gayatri Mantra, most of you are familiar with it, but for people who want to uh, practice and uh, meditate on it, you must learn it, receive it through a guru or a teacher or a master or a subguru. Very important. And there created this energy or this shakti that expresses itself as Gayatri Mata or Gayatri Devi. This is all the power inherent in the mantra itself. So this Gayatri Mata, this Gayatri power this power is giving knowledge to all the creation, all the seven underworlds, levels of underworld, and the seven levels of eastern worlds or uh, celestial beings like Deva Loka, like the Nakshatra Loka, and so, so many are there. And this gives the knowledge of the entire science of or science of life together with the science of divinity as also ways how to understand and become that, that is becoming one with the almighty power, 
being one with Almighty God. It is through the expression of this Pranatattva that life comes together. As this Pranatattva left the Devadatta and the Devadatta who was full of life is now lifeless. But the same thing when 25, 30, 40 years ago, when he was still in the, in the womb of his mother, the baby, when received the first breath and started breathing, that is when that embryo started growing and developing as a living being. And this, this touch of the pranic force which produced a breath or heartbeat in that embryo is also uh, because of this pranic force the chaitanya is already there the chaitanya expresses itself as the pranic force and the child as a baby as an embryo grows and is born as a child which is later on called as Devadatta. And hence, human beings that are embodied, as a human being, nobody knows what the uh, structure, anatomy, spiritual anatomy of that uh, living being is. But this body that has been nourished by virtue of the food is the Pranamai Kosha, then the Manomai Kosha, Jnanamai Vijnanamai, and Anandamai Kosha, there dwelt the spark, divine spark. I will, it is not necessary for me to talk about these five different sheets or koshas now because I have spoken amply in my earlier satsang. And the very foundation, the very substratum of all these five uh, koshas, sheets, is nothing other than the principle of prana, the pranic force. And this is what makes entire living happen. What is important is that whether Devadatta becomes a singer, Prana Tattva has nothing to do with it. It only keeps on giving prana, the energy, and the life to the entire Deha or body of Devadatta. Whether Devadatta chooses to become an astronaut or an opera singer has nothing to do with what he chooses to do. That is, Devadatta chooses to do. Whether he does good or bad, he, the pranic force has no control nor any attachment to that. So the choice that Devadatta makes in life, it is his causal body gets attached to the cause and effect of the creation. That is where the prarabdha or the faith concept comes in and how man it keeps on getting born, reborn again and again. But in the same way as the life force in Devadatta has, is independent of whether he is doing good or uh, he is 
not doing good, whether he is pursuing, pursuing righteous life or otherwise. The pranic force will just be there till it is operating according to the lifespan given to Devadatta as such. Devadatta is an independent entity as a living soul or as a Jivatma. And the Jivatma is a really an perception and understanding that the causal principle, which is the pranatattva, itself being wrapped up in the ownership of all these three layers, three bodies, and believe that I am an opera singer, or I am a ball player, or I am a, a teacher, or whatever it may be. And this principle of ego is so wrapped up, bundled up with this perception of I and the body. And that is where the process of regeneration and degeneration comes to be. Automatically, it follows that when you have understood how important this pranic force is, and the pranic force is an expression of the divine self, supreme divine self, which expresses itself as Chaitanya. So when you study the pranic principle, it is not just studying breath, it is going way, way beyond that. That knowledge can be gotten only and only through a realized Sadhguru. Sadhguru and Guru are two different entities. A Sadhguru could always be a teacher. It could always be a Guru. But all Gurus are not necessarily Sadhgurus. Keep this in mind, my dear friends. We can learn so many things from anyone. And whosoever taught me how to ride a bike, bicycle when I was a little boy, to that extent, that person was my teacher. So to that extent, that person was my guru who taught me how to ride a bicycle. But will that person be my Sadhguru? I don't think so. It is far from that. Because there is somebody else also who taught me how to swim. So these are little, little things in life that we always learn. But Sadhguru is the only one who teaches the truth. Truth and truth alone. Because he is, he could be any, he or she doesn't matter. There is no gender difference here. He is the very embodiment of that supreme truth. He lives, walks, talks, behaves, just like any other human being. And it is very difficult, not easy, to know the difference between a human being, any other average human being, and a being that is a Sadhguru. So he is the only one who can teach you, guide you towards this understanding of pranic principle, uh, the understanding of Chaitanya, and shedding away all the ignorance, all, all the ignorance, my dear friends. When this ignorance is resolved, 
and you have started your journey on discovery of the self. That is the process that the Panchasadhana, we, we have been talking, I have been teaching this for the last so many years. Yadnya dana tapa karma swadhyay. And the swadhyay part, that is the self-study as to who am I? Why am I the way I am? What causes it? And how do I change from this course of life? And how do I stop this birth and rebirth and death phenomena? And when I do stop that and free myself of this uh, cycle of creation and recreation, then where am I to go? How should I go there? And who will guide me? And when I, uh, when I meet with that someone, how do I know that I have met someone who can guide me and hold my hands and take me till the end of my time? Really, imagine, end of my time, anything that is created will always be bound by the concept of time. But only the self as the principle, as the Atma, or as the spark of the divine self, divine almighty God, which expresses itself as Atma or the uh, Divine Self as the Soul, when it merges and becomes one with the Supreme, that is the end of the journey. So, the one who can guide you, the one who can take you, is the only uh, institution that is the Sadhguru. Sadhguru is always an individual. So by understanding this pranic principle and practicing, one can establish a continuous, constant communication, communion or common union. That is what even Jesus Christ has spoken about. Uh, you must go for communion. The communion is understood as common a gathering. No, that is not what it is. Communion means common union, oneness with the Almighty. So, that is how through this understanding and practices and study of prana, pranic force, that one can establish a communion with Almighty God. Not only that, just by the study of this, study of this, it will give you a state of immortality. All beings, may it be a worm or a fish or a bird uh, or a tiger or a lion, the greatest fear or a human being, the greatest fear that all have is the certainty of death and the certainty of its uncertainty. <laughs> And there is no greater fear than this fear. And when you have conquered that fear itself, that fear can be conquered only through knowledge and through realization by virtue of this pranic study, pranic force, the principles of prana, the study of Chaitanya, the experience of Chaitanya uh, as a principle, and thereby trying to develop and establish a common union, communion with the Supreme 
power, the supreme nature of all creation, the supreme nature of Almighty God. Almighty God has no space around it, mind you. There is no place, nor town or city or village or anywhere where God Almighty does not exist. Likewise, there is no time when this principle of Almighty God does not exist. It is beyond time and space. But to get to that point, this course of study, this course of practice, this course of um, revealed creation, it has to be understood only then, because all this knowledge is revealed knowledge. The other part, uh, when we understand the creation and the principles and the agencies thereof, only then we can come to the threshold of the knowledge of eternal being, of eternity and the eternal one. Ushaji, may I stop here? And I could be taking questions. There is a final note I want to, uh, Ushaji, bear with me. There is a final point that I want to add. I have stated that last time. All these satsangs, in all these satsangs, what I have been doing is I am sharing as best as possible all the divine knowledge, my dear friend. This is not information. This is divine knowledge that you will not find anywhere else. You will not find it. You will all realize divine knowledge. And I stand up to whatever I have said. Let this knowledge translate and make all of you to get involved, interested, and really concerned about your own evolution, then this knowledge can translate into realization as well. And that is the highway. This realization will free you. That is what the Bible also says. The truth shall free you. What is truth? That never changes. Satya never changes. Truth is truth. Ever changing, all that is unreal. All that is ever changing is perishable and hence unreal. But that is the nature of the creation. You as and I, we are never born and we never die. We will never die. I have come to such a point where I am trying to fulfill a major mandate that I was fortunate enough to receive, and that is to share this divine knowledge that I have received by virtue of grace. This grace is the love, infinite love, grace that has been showered on me.
and keeps on showering by my beloved Sadhguru. And he is hoping that may you all do revisit your course of life, do revisit your goals and objectives of life, and use this knowledge to earn and learn and experience the realization. Otherwise, this knowledge can degenerate into matter of information. And this matter of information is useless to anyone, my dear. Hence, with all utmost love and all the utmost concern and wanting and well-being for all of you, I urge you to study this, understand this. Bye. In the conclusion, so far, I've spoken uh, importance of Pranak Tattva and how important it is. But in the upcoming uh, satsang, I will try to go over some of the major difficulties that seekers have. How the ego that you have been nourishing is one of the major stumbling blocks. And what are those major stumbling blocks? Likewise, the Chaitanya that I have been talking about, what is the substratum of that? As there is gold, uh, Ushaji wearing a beautiful necklace and bangles on the uh, on her wrist. They are all of, made of gold. And something is uh, on her ears also. And we call it as earrings, and then we call it as the necklace, and something else as the bangles. But essentially, they look different, and hence we give them a different name. But the substratum of all that is all gold. Likewise, the creation and the creator, the substratum is the creator. Then I have spoken about the pancha koshas, the pancha tanmatra, pancha prana, pancha jnana indriya, pancha karma indriya all the four different bodies and understand this that wherever there is change there is always wherever there is activity going on kriya there is always a direction and a motivation and a movement there likewise where there is movement there is always going to be a product of the movement which is matter if there is matter then automatically that matter also inherits the inherent three gunas, triguna. All those things I will try to go over in the upcoming as best as I possibly can. The format of this uh, uh, satsanga only limits me to paraphrase or put it in a concise manner. So, so now I am ready to take any questions should you have? Um, thank you for the satsang, Guruji. For some reason, today I was touched. Uh, it just, everything that you said just tears through. And thank you for your grace and your blessings, Guruji. I hope every time you are touched, and at some point I may touch to move you <laughs> in the right direction. 
The next four digits are 2548. 2548, please speak. Uh, Namaskar, Guruji. This is Preeti. Oh, hello, Preeti. Yeah, Guruji, I won't say much because the words will not be enough to express my thanks to you. I don't know how to express it. The tears were coming from my eyes. I don't know how come I am under your shadow like means like, I'm listening to you. I'm very much fortunate and I'm so much thankful to you. Uh, don't be sad, okay? I'm only a call away. You know how much, I know how much you constantly think about us. And we are always there with you, my dear. Uh, but still, there is very little satisfaction until we personally meet. Ji. Uh, but we will talk again, okay? okay and good. soon I am coming to States and we will see how we can make that happen. Okay, and I want to commit okay, like I miss doing my uh, uh, Agni Hotra in the morning and I am really sorry for that. I missed it today in the morning. Okay, okay. okay we will we'll talk about that. Okay. Thank you, good. Thank you. Thank you, Preeti. The Thank next you. caller is Namaste Guruji, this is Saraswati calling from Knoxville. 
अरे वाहरे it was just my oh i'm so sorry i i'm i'm, I'm just missing uh, I'm out coming... on all this uh uh-huh. i'm so sorry but i will be calling you and i'll talk to you later i think on a one on one okay sure sure please do please thank do. you thank you you're most welcome thank you saraswati गुरुजी द नेक्स्ट कॉलर इज हमसा 9419 the knowledge you are giving uh, that um, about the self and how to live and my thanks the word that you will teach me will go to usha ji also for me to practice it whatever you teach me to practice each and every moment of the life and thanks uh, is not enough to whenever yes uh, whenever there is a question in your mind just okay. ask that question to us and we will try to un- explain that doctor where you are immediately the answer will come to you immediately i think that should help oh my god thank you so much guruji that's the greatest blessing i can ever have thank you so okay. much guruji all right bye now bye guruji yes Thank you so much, Hamza. Uh, Guruji, the next digits are 2234. 2234. Hello, Nanda. Nanda Ambore. Yes, Bono. Yeah, very, very nice lecture. Very heart-touching. <laughs> Um, I'm very happy to listen to you, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and when I come to India, I'll definitely see yeah. you. <laughs> okay. okay. Next. Uh, well, I'm in India only until uh, the 20th of July. Oh, but I'll be there uh, in the end of June, so maybe I'll find some time. Okay, very well. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Nanda. Okay. You're welcome. Thank you, Bye. Nanda. Okay. Guruji, the next four digits are 5366. Amrita at 5366. Hello, Guruji. Namaste. 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 How are Namaste. you, my dear? I'm good, Guruji. How are you? I'm very well, my dear. I'm in good hands. Don't worry. Thank you so much for the wonderful lecture, Guruji. Thank you, and it is You're just a... You're most welcome. Yeah. 
Okay, I am looking forward to that is true. That is correct. That is correct. Very well. We'll talk again. Okay? Yes. Yes, Guruji. All love. All love. Bye now. Thank you, Guruji. Thank you, Amrita. Guruji, the next four digits are 1045. 1045. Namaste, Guruji. This is Sharada. Hello, Sharada Ji. Bully. <laughs> Uh, I don't have any questions, Guruji, but as usual, wonderful. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you personally, Guruji. Sure, well, sure. I is online, but then she's with you, so. <laughs> no, she's with me here. Yeah, so. Uh, you can talk. Okay, we will talk again. Yes, okay, thank you, Sharda. Thank you. Thank you so much, Guruji. Namaste. Thank you, Sharda. The no, next four digits are 5194. 5194, please speak. Hello, Gaur. Thank you so much for the satsang. You are most welcome. We already spoke just last time. So if there's anything else, call me anytime. Okay? Okay. Thank you, Rich. Okay, Dada. Bye now. Thank you, Gao. Uh, Guruji, the next four digits are 7737737 7737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737737
or the Chaitanya that we all have. You understand? Yes, Guruji. Yes, Guruji. Okay. I'm trying to do. Thank you, Guruji. Okay, good. Very good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Guruji, the next four digits are zero, um, zero eight five eight. Zero eight five eight, please speak. Hello? Oh, sorry about that. Namaste, Guruji. Who is this? Uh, Guruji, this is Chandrasekhar and family. Who? Sharada and Chandrasekhar, Guruji. Oh, Chandrasekhar, because uh, I, I did not recognize your voice. Hello, no Chandrasekhar. Uh, Namaste, Guruji. These are really rare divine knowledge, like uh, shared on Pranapathwa as it relates to Chaitanya Shakti and uh, um, really appreciate the uh, discourse and uh, enjoyed it. There is something I want to share with you, uh, with you and Sharda. Sure. See this pranic force or the chain. I think you are at a stage, both of you, that you can appreciate. This Chaitanya, if you take away the Chaitanya, that Chaitanya is a Shakti also, expression of Chaitanya is in Shakti. And when this Shakti is active, then in its nascent state, nascent that is, it is in a pure state, unconditioned pure state, that is when the pranic force also moves very rapidly, so right from your spine through the spinal cord and passing through the various energy centers, which we call them as chakras. They are, they, many people speak of six chakras, seven chakras. And when this energy surges up through all these seven and reaches Brahmarandra, I will come at a later point, how many nadis we have in our body. There are hundred major nadis and there is one that rises from the heart to the crown. That nadi or that passage of energy surging is called Sushumna nadi. And when you rise into the Sahasrara, you again have to come down to the Anandamai Kosha. That's where the uh, awareness of the self is. That is where the Atma Swarup is. And that creates complete one avartana, one round. I will elaborate that more on a personal basis when we meet and we talk. Okay? So, okay. all that you are doing, both of you, uh, you are on the right track, but we need discipline, my friends. We need discipline, including both of you as also Anusha. Okay? We'll talk more because it will get into a more personal uh, kind of a situation and that I would like to treasure just between us. Okay? Most certainly. Thank you, Guruji. Namaste, Guruji. This is Sharada. We're blessed to be in your presence, Guruji. Namaste, Guruji. This is Anusha. 
Oh, hello, Anusha. How is your school going on, my dear? I never stay busy. Namaste, namaste, my dear Amar. How are you, my friend? Very good, very good. Thank you. Namaste, Guruji. I hope you are enjoying your summer holidays. Yes, Guruji. We'll, we'll talk to you soon, Guruji. Good, 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 Anusha. All right, we will talk again, okay? Sure, Bye-bye. Bye. All love. All love. Thank you so much. Um, Guruji, um, this is all the numbers that I could, um, you know, open for communication. The rest of the uh, phone numbers I'm unable to click on. So, no, that is okay. Um, we have only a time limit on this uh, in this satsang format and uh, there are thousands who are listening who join in but are in far off countries and they do listen to all the uh, links that you eventually send them of the audio uh, recording of the satsang and likewise, I have received many, many complimentary reports that they are very happy to receive the transcriptions because those transcriptions, they can read them at their convenience and reread them until they get it right. So it is a final note to all of you that it is important. Every satsang uh, is dependent upon the previous one. And this series of satsangs will gradually unfold the secrets of so many things that you will otherwise not be able to get it anywhere. So this could pre- prepare you intellectually and bring in some sense of discipline and commitment to yourself for your own evolution. So please stay with these satsangs. In between, if you miss any, try to catch up and save these satsangs for your continuous, constant reference. Yes, Kiriji. So, okay, if there is I'll anybody who would like to speak, please do speak now. If not, we will close the session, Guruji. Thank you. Anandika. Wonderful. Shardaji? Yes, Guruji. you want to join or to hear a directory of all systems press star you can return to this menu from 
Enter the last four digits of the party line you want to join, or to hear a directory of all systems. You can return to this menu from anywhere on the system by pressing the dollar key four times. Tatvamasya Dilaksam Ekam Nityam Vipalamachalam Sarvadhi Sakshibhutam Bhavatitam Trigunarahitam Sadguram Tam Namaste Namaste everyone. Here I am in Hyderabad on this 21st of June and I'm happy to join all of you listeners from Hyderabad. For the past few days, we have been talking about how this prana, prana as a principle needs to be understood completely as best as we possibly can. And how this principle of prana impacts Anything Enter the last four digits of the party line you want to join, or to hear a directory of all systems, press star. You can return to this menu from anywhere on the system by pressing the star key four times. that are made up of, of atoms, and each atom with its own structure. This prana, in the gross sense, as it is understood by human beings, as the air that we breathe in and the air that we breathe out. That is a very loose understanding of this principle of prana. What is it that makes the air to move? Whatever causes the air to move and the air to be potent in its potential to give life to the life forms. That is something very independent. And that is the principle, that is the fundamental principle that thrives in all creation. That is what keeps all the heart throbbing, pulsating. That pulsating heart can provide the energy and the power to the rest of the system, whereby that particular being may be a bird or a fish or a human being or whatever, gives it the ability to live. This living process of living, process of exhibiting or expressing a form of change, this change is constant in all creation. Let me step back 
and take a look at this entire phenomena. The creation is infinite. The creator is also infinite. The creator cannot be known yet. The expression of his creation or the power of the creator can be experienced. So the knowledge of the creation and the knowledge of the creator, or let us loosely call it as Almighty God, the knowledge of Almighty God is never separate from the knowledge of the creation. Yet, the knowledge of creation cannot give a complete understanding of the knowledge of the Creator. The knowledge of the Creator is never an objective knowledge. This knowledge is, can be broadly classified as Paravidya and Aparavidya. Aparavidya is the knowledge of all creation. This knowledge of creation is all Aparavidya. All the empirical sciences, may they be any, may they be of chemistry, physics, geology, anthropology, or what have you, is all in a broad category of empirical knowledge. That knowledge can be transmitted by virtue of books, by virtue of words, by virtue of spoken words, and so forth. Yet, it is utterly incapable to impart or give the knowledge of the Creator. Because the knowledge of the Creator, the knowledge of the Almighty God, is not an objective study, but it is a study of experience. It is of the nature of personal experience, personal realization. So, thus far, I have been speaking so much, and every time I have tried to let you all know how dear each one of you are to Almighty God, or dear to the one and only Almighty, all one Sadhguru called Param Sadhguru. Param means the absolute supreme most. Each one of you are very dear. And hence, upon his direction and his command, I am telling you, revealing you the secrets of this spiritual science only and only for the good of you as he the one who should love you, loves you infinitely and is very eager that all of you evolve yourself and re-reveal your life and rearrange your lifestyle in search of the supreme truth. 
this knowledge is very revealing because this is divine knowledge. If you take it, understand it, and eventually do not react in the self-study, in the self-evolution, this knowledge will dwindle down into matters of information. And this information serves no purpose, my dear ones. No purpose. When you listeners use this knowledge and translate this in reviewing your life, your priorities, and try future to search the supreme truth. The very first step of this search is that you are there. Nobody can deny the very existence of you. And who is the most to know about this? You yourself. So you are there is an established fact. But then, what are you? Why are you where you are? Why is it that your life is unique? Why is it, though we are all the same, yet you are at most unique and unique in every which way? All this analysis is swadhyaya. And this is the last aspect of this Supreme Command, the way the mantra that yajna dhana tatas karma swadhyaya. And this swadhyaya aspect is what we are exploring in I try to feel every layer which is so subtle and peel that layer away to reveal the truth. Then there is the next layer and another one and another one. And we will continue doing that. But this part has to be done by each and every one, by an effort on your part of self-study. So, as I started with the knowledge that is of two nature, parapara and parabhyana. Parapara is all of the creation that is subject to change, that is subject to rejuvenation, that is subject to rebuilding, that is subject to birth, that is subject to death. All this is Aparadhyana. What causes this is the knowledge of the supreme power, the supreme awareness. You may call it as a universal consciousness, you may call it as Almighty God, or the power of the Creator. So this knowledge of the Creator and the process of creation. The process of creation is all within the Apara Jnana or, or Apara knowledge and the, what makes it possible, which is always, all, all the time, perfect, steady, unmoving, and changeless. This, what does not change, is unaffected by space, all time is what is achala, meaning immovable. 
not not moving. That principle is what we may address as Almighty God. So often in scriptures and in so many talks and ways, it has been said that there, you have to transcend the concept of time and space because there is no space where Almighty God does not exist. Now there is a time that binds the Creator, binds Almighty God, or the universal power, or the supreme cosmic consciousness. And this is what is so nebulous, yet so real, that it throbs in our hearts, every one of us. Every one of us. In all the creation, the sun is there, always radiating infinite light, infinite energy, in the infinite ways of sun that are supplemented or embedded with so many energies, electrocytes, and so many different, different colors there, each one having its own effect and is nourishing the entire created life, is nourishing all the creation. Likewise, the same sunlight that reflects the sun as the moon, the moon in turn radiates a much different light on the earth. And all the nourishment in the matter on which the human life or all the other living life depends, the matter or the food for all the living beings is enriched with the jivan rasa or the energy portion that is inherent in all food, in all food, that nourishes human life, the human being, their physical being, not only human beings, all living beings, all living beings, including the plant life. And this itself is no different from the pranic force or the life force that that prevails in all creation, in all creation. It is not only just the living life, the five primordial elements on earth as such are also nourished. Now, what are the five primordial elements? They are earth. Next one is water, air, age that is energy or light or agni. This is the power that manifests itself in so many different ways. So earth, water, age. Yeah, age, air and ether. And they in turn by various combinations. Uh, they 
these combinations are infinite permutative combination nourish the entire creation and that is how change is possible and this change affects anything and everything and it is the changes are very nature of all creation all creation is never stable never steady the same creation is a phenomena of energy an expression of change is always by work of some power the power comes from the powerful one the powerful one is none other than almighty god and the power in this case is the pranic force or the pranic energy or the pran or the power that makes air move that makes air prevail on the earth that makes us breathe in the air what makes us breathe breathing possible is also the pranic force that is there within us as well so it is like the life that is there within human beings the same life force is also there in the air that wraps us around all the time and give us all or atma let us make some unique classifications here or lack of adequate uh words in english language for atma and jivatma i will classify them as follows a soul which is an atma which is devoid of any embellishment or huh? any description of any classification which is all self supporting self effulgent all knowing all pervading all able is all knowledge also in its nascent or in its absolute pure stainless state is atma this atma is the very image of almighty god is the very image of almighty god but when this atma as a divine soul gets into any physical body let us call it human body instantly this principle of atma that is encased in a human body this human body itself is made of so many different different layers of encasement we have gone over these encasements as annamaya kosham or that encasement nourished by food pranamaya kosham that which is nourished by the prana the pranic uh, envelope thirdly the manomaya kosham by virtue of the mind vidyanamaya kosham of knowledge and finally there is one that is anandamaya kosham meaning the encasement where in 
the encasement of joy, there lies this infinite little tiny spark of the Almighty God. And when in this situation, this same divine spark believes that it is that life form. If it is a human being, it believes that it is not Atma, but it is the Jivatma, that is the very living embodied being. This embodied being as a human being, such as the five karma indriya, uh, indriya meaning the organs of action, then the centers of intelligence. Likewise, uh, every human being has a physical body, has a subtle body, also has a causal body. It is in this causal body that the soul is encased. Because we two put together, the soul believes, I am this body. This is the ignorance of moving away from what its real nature is and the quest of our life of every human being is to discover literally discover who i am thereby from this tied down or wrapped up state of the soul into a living being so living being as a soul is merely an understanding of the existence of the Supreme Divine Soul itself. Uh, but it is wrapped up in complete ignorance, with complete lack of knowledge of what it really is. Now, this human being, in this encased body, as the age progresses from a child to a young boy to a youth, the body is constantly growing and is subject to change. And this change makes that same body older yet by virtue of time and usage. And older yet, when time comes, when this Jivatma or the living soul is now ready to retire and is coming to the end of his journey of life and believes that I have become old. Look at this perception. The soul, which is its essential nature as divine soul, it is not born at all. So, Death as a phenomena cannot touch it. So as it is unborn, it will always remain so, and death cannot touch it. But when the same uh, divine soul becomes enwrapped into a human being, believes that he is the living soul and the living being, then he brings the element that he is nourished with and believes this physical body is what he it is, then that physical body is subject to change 
and is subject to decomposition and decay. And at an opportune time, the person dies. What dies is the body. What dies is the body, not the soul that was encased in the living body. When the living body, that is the physical body, dies, yet the subtle body and the causal body, they do not die. They are not a matter of matter as the physical body is. Yet, the subtle body, along with the causal body, departs, leaves the physical body, and this phenomena is what we call as death. And uh, until it is reborn, it is station which visits the world of names or the world of the people that have died. <coughs> and sometimes when it finds uh, an opportune place, and parents to be born, it is born, and lives again through that life form that it achieves by virtue of its own karma, the cause and effect. Now, when speaking about this upper knowledge, of the knowledge of the phenomena of creation, this knowledge of creation is the expression of the ability of the Supreme Almighty Power. And this creation is constantly pulsating. This pulsation is possible only and only through this pranic force. This pranic force is really the expression of the Supreme Power itself. This prana or pranic force is in human beings. It is in all the living beings, may they be birds or beings living in the water or in the earth, including the plant life. The pranic force is in the plant life as well. And whether the living being is a plant, whether it is a bird, or a fish, or a crawler, or a worm, or a human being, a decent human being, a indecent human being, a good individual, or a cruel individual, a kind individual, or a unkind individual. This pranic force is completely indifferent to the form that where it expresses itself as the pranic force, understand this subtle difference. It has nothing to do with what you are. It has every, everything to do what you can become and how you are transitioning from time to time, from place to place, and from being to being. Yet, the body goes through a change. The pranic force is not subject to change, is not subject to being very tired. This is 
always, ever flowing, ever being, anywhere, everywhere. When the body dies, the living soul leaves the physical body, yet the pranic force still remains and is still nourishing the rest of the other life. So this pranic force, I want to bring the, your attention back to the pranic force. Pranic force is the very expression of the power of Almighty God, or what we call the supreme power in the universe. This is nothing other than the Chaitanya. And this Chaitanya, or the pranic force, is none other than the very absolute immediate expression of uh, the power of Almighty God and how it expresses itself in all creation, in all creation, all creation, my dear friends. My beloved Paramsad Guru used to say many a times, we are that supreme power. He used to give an ex example. Mind you, Agni, that is fire, from a distance could be very soothing. If you come near, it could scorch you. By any chance you happen to step on it, it will definitely burn you. To you, be touching it or being one with it, it will definitely receive you completely and make you as what it is. Understand? That is why I often give this example that when we do yajna in that little spoon, as long as there is ghee in the spoon, the ghee has its existence. The instant the ghee is poured, offered into the fire, and the it touches the fire, it loses its identity as ghee and becomes one with fire. Uh, likewise, here, this entire life that we have is nothing other than being one with this supreme power. And the process has to be very well understood by all of us. So this power of Almighty God is what is Chaitanya is. The living soul is definitely separate from the body that it is living in. This living soul, when in the body, does have its own mind, its buddhi, that is intellect, its awareness as self, as ego, and chitta. All these four principles together come together as karana, and is the junction through which pulsations, vritti, received from the causal body, come and impact the chitta. Likewise, the pulsations or vritti as they emanate from the subtle body, impact the chitta. 
when this constant impact of various vrittis or various pulses that impact the chitta, the mind takes a notice of these pulsations or impacts or vrittis and with the help of the intellect analyzes it, understands it and that itself translates from vritti to pravritti, meaning the predominant vritti, the pulsation, which is of the nature of an instruction to the intelligent senses of our organs of action. And a action follows upon consultation with the ego, that is the self. Hence, in all this unfolding, there is something very important that we all have to understand. There are four major cardinal principles, let us say, that we will discover them. And they are the living being, a human being, always believes that he is the knower of all that is known. Likewise, he is the believer that he is the one who experiences all the physical pleasures, pain, even the body that may have some diseases, discomfort, or agonies, he believes it is not the body, but it is he himself is suffering those difficulties. He himself is suffering those diseases. Thirdly, he assumes that he is the doer of all that has been done. And hence, all these three, that is the knowing of all that is known, the one who experiences Vokhtrutva, that is, believes that he is the one who is experiencing all the pains and pleasures and joy and sufferings and miseries and all that. It is he, as a Jivatma, as a living soul, who is experiencing that. So he is the experiencer. Likewise, all the things that he has done, he is the doer of all that. Lastly, the fourth one, that it is Dhatrutva it is called. It, and it is he alone is the one because of him that his world has come to be. So he is the architect of the creation of the world that he has created and the one to make it happen. All these four principles in a human being eventually nourish only the mistaken understanding of the self as a ego and how perverted or corrupted is our understanding of ego. One who is full of pride is what we understand as a person full of ego. Pride is merely an insignificant, mind you, insignificant experience in a corrupted way of this same understanding of ego. That is why pride falls first before anything else. So this making this physical life 
where a perception as an understanding and belief that I am the one who is the doer, I am the one who is the lower, I am the one who is the very foundation of all that has been done and so forth. This I-ness is all the nourishment of the self and this understanding of the self itself is full of ignorance. Now you see, now you see how important it is that to feel of the layers of ignorance, the feeling of the layers of ignorance is removing the covers or when removing the covers or the wrappers, we are going through the process of discovering, discovering till we feel of all the subtle layers that encase or that shroud the self that is encased in all these three layers of physical being, the subtle being, and the causal being. And in the process, the pranic force is constantly there. It has nothing to do with what the jivatma, the living soul, is going through. It has nothing to do with whether the living soul believes that he is a great singer or she is a great dancer or he is a great man or a very poor man. It has nothing to do. The pranic force is common to anyone, everyone, and all of them. And hence, this is totally unaffected, independent, untouched by the psychosomatic understanding of human beings as to what they are and what they believe to be. And what they believe to be is only a fabric of perception that they make the reality where and believe that it is true. To begin with, this perception itself is unreal. So everything else, the interpretation of life itself, is also unreal. Hence, this knowledge itself is unreal. This knowledge itself is unreal. This knowledge itself is constantly changing because the entire creation, entire creation is constantly pulsating with change. Nothing is steady. What is steady is the pranic force. Understand that, my Understand that this pranic force is the expression of the divine power of the Supreme Almighty God. And it has nothing to do with the changes that constantly go on. Yes, it is the very foundation of the life as it prevails. The life that goes through pain and pleasure, the life that goes through miseries and agony, has nothing to do with what the pranic force is. Yet, the very life force of the life, the very life force of the life, which is the pranic force, this pranic force, the very life of the pranic force is the divine supreme power. Is the, is the divine supreme power. And this power expresses itself in infinite ways. And this power is Chaitanya. This Chaitanya is an expression of Almighty God. I hope 
I hope all of you get this. It is very important when you withdraw yourself within yourself and go through the analysis of the self that this living soul is merely that spark of Almighty God which is potent in itself with all this Chaitanya, yet is not the physical body. It is free from the mind, the intellect, or the concept of ego, and also the chitta with the mind, intellect, ego, and chitta. Together are the four components of one major energy center called Chitta. This Chitta is the conduit for the causal body as also the subtle body. And through this Chitta, the impetus or the vritti or the pulsation from the causal body are received as also from the subtle body are received. They are understood, analyzed by the mind with the help of the intellect. And then in consultation with the ego, a action to act upon starts and the mind instructs the centers of intellect of all the five organs of action and a action follows. Please understand this. Yet, all these happenings are going on, yet the pranic force is independent of the result of the cause or the effect. Has nothing to do with the pain, the pleasure, the agony, the misery, the joy or loss of joy nor it has anything to do with the ego itself. It is independent of this, as the God Almighty is independent of the creation, yet is so much involved in all the creation through his divine energy, through his divine shaktis, of which the Chaitanya is one of his expressions in the phenomena of creation. I think at this point it is important to understand that a soul that is that is escaped as a human being believes that I am suffering from A B C D C and now I'm getting old and now I'm worried about my retirement. All these are worries, all these are pains, agonies of the nature of the body has nothing to do with the soul principle of the soul. Likewise, the love for the physical body and the sense of belonging, the sense of attachment to the wealth, sense of attachment to all his loved dear ones, to their respective spouses, to the children, 
or to the wealth, the physical wealth, or the material wealth that they have created. Likewise, the attachment, attachment to the pursuit of glory, pursuit of recognition, pursuit of acknowledgement, and these are merely attachments. Yet, they are all full of consequences, and the consequences are by virtue of attachments, which will always produce pain, misery, suffering, agony, loss, whereas by very nature, the pranic force has nothing to do with it, completely detached, completely detached to this entire phenomena. The body gets old, the pranic force remains the same. It does not get old, nor does it remain young. It is the same as it was ever before. The soul that is encased as a human being believes that he is sooner or later going to die because he believes that he is the physical body. What a gross ignorance it is. As long as he believes, so will he perpetuate as a living being even upon death. Because he has not realized, understood what his real nature is and has failed to detach himself from all the attachments. He has not detached himself from all the attachments and he has failed to attach himself to the love, to the devotion, to the adoration and which results in loving surrender to the holy lotus feet of the Sadhguru. This Sadhguru is none other than the human manifestation of the Supreme Almighty God itself. By virtue of ignorance, people, mundane people, believe that this individual as a human being looks, lives, laughs, scolds, acts as any other human being. How can he be a subdue and an image of Almighty God itself? Their ignorance and the depth of their ignorance precludes or does not let them to see through and experience the joy and the very presence of this Sadhguru. I'll give you a simple example. A simple example is, suppose Mary is carrying a lamp. There is a light that is burning and that light around that is a glass to protect that light. If that glass is clear of no color, it will radiate the light that which is typical of the light. Now this glass, if it is green, I'm sure you will agree, it will 
radiate green light. Irrespective of what the original light is, if the glass is red, it will radiate red light. Irrespective of what the light is, if it is yellow, it will throw out yellow light. If it is blue, it will throw out blue light. Likewise, if this glass is of the nature of love, the light that it will radiate is the light of love. If the glass is of the nature of joy, it will radiate light of the nature of joy. When the glass is of the nature of fearlessness and peace, it will radiate that light of fearlessness and peace. It's similarly important that when you are in the company of such blessed one, my experience has been that when I was with my beloved Sadhguru, I was always, always at peace and full of composure. When I was with him, I was absolutely, infinitely in joy, ananda. When I was with him, uh, I was always myself also an embodiment of joy, that I carried that joy anywhere and everywhere. The power of that joy is so great. The power of that love is so great. The power of that peace is so great that I treasure even now. And similar is the experience of so many others who are worthy and sensitive enough to be in the presence of such a blessed one. Otherwise, there is no human being who calls, who has the business card that I have come from Vaikuntha Loka, or I have come from Brahma Loka, or I have come from Guru Loka, or Saptashi, and I am a Brahmanishta, Brahma Darshi Sadguru. This is my business card. Our visa to visit all the worlds in the universe. That is utter nonsense. I'm just making a joke of it. But I'm trying to make each one of you to think, think very honestly, very sincerely, that it is none other than you, you alone, you alone, who is responsible to make you complete to make you supremely happy, to make you supremely full with joy, full with love, and be completely one with Almighty God. The drive has to be coming from your deep yearning, longing heart. The thirst, the longing, the sincere longing has to be your own, my dear one. Uh, 
the one who should love you. Does love you, and surely a blessed one will come in your life who shall guide you. It is all your effort to have absolute total faith, unshakable faith, and love that one with as much ability that you possibly can. Absolute love. It will surely result in surrender, total surrender, that you are very, very happy to surrender. That is beginning the march homeward, where you are, we all will be one. I want to take all of you home, all of you. Karma is eternal or temporary? If it is eternal, why Say that again, please. What is karma? No, no, no. Is karma is eternal or temporary? If it is eternal, why do we have to get into all the spiritual practice? If it is temporary, how do no. we know that we have crossovered it? You will not know. The, there is a universal law of cause and effect. With every action that you do, whatever it may be, there is a certain expectation that the doer has. This expectation is root cause of if the expectation is fulfilled, that makes the doer happy. If that expectation is unfulfilled, marginally fulfilled also makes the doer unhappy, marginally happy or sad. So this expectation of every karma is the root cause that binds every doer of that action. There are certain karmas that will fructify at an opportune time. This opportune time could be in your next birth, quite possible. There are varieties and varieties of karma. Yet, the law of karma is infallible. And all these are, this information is stored in the causal body as also in the, chip, in the subtle body, that is the sukshma sharira. When a person dies, the sukshma sharir and the causal body takes up another form, and there again, that body goes through the happenings of the karma phala. So, as long as you have expectation, you will always create the need for rebirth and for the wish to be fulfilled. That is why. This is the fundamental principle why when Lord Shri Krishna advised Partha or Arjuna that, my dear Arjuna, you have a responsibility only to do your karma. You do that karma as lovingly, efficiently as you possibly can and surrender that karma 
whatever may be the outcome of it, have no expectation. And that karma itself will become mukti etu karma. That will free you from other karma effects as well. So, karman neva adhikaraste maafaleshu kadachan. Do you understand that? So, this karma and the phenomena of the effects of karma is something that we human beings uh, are, keep us anchored or tied down and we ourselves architect a suitable rebirth for the fulfillment of those expectations. You understand now? Uh, yes, yes, Guruji. Hello? Yeah, yes, I understood. Do you understand now? Yeah, I, I understood, I understood. Good. I heard a story, Guruji. Um, there is this uh, Rakshasi, Masuchi Rakshasi. So she wanted to have a very big form and shape so she can eat a lot of people. So she started doing tapa. So she does the tapa in Himalayas for 6,000 years. And in that process, uh, will expel all her uh, ignorance and finally she will understand her true self. This happens in the process of Papa. And finally, Lord Brahma will come and, you know, uh, give darshan to her. So, um, she has no other expectation or any kind of uh, these things because now she knows the truth. She knows her own self. But my question is, Lord Brahma says, okay, now you have realized, ladies. Uh, your question is? My question is, that Brahma will say to her that she has realized herself, but her her uh, wish that she should have a very gigantic, huge body so she can eat people will still come true. I don't understand why. Because that wish of her is prior to her knowledge. That's in her ignorant state. Now she realized everything. Let me... But let me let me answer you. Let me rephrase the question. Here, Lord Brahma is personally in your presence. And Lord Brahma is asking you, telling you, my dear child Sharda, you have been remembering me, worshipping me for the last so many years. Now, here I am going to give you one boon alone, one boon, one boon. Ask whatever you cherish for. What would you ask for? To realize my self, Guruji. No, Thank what you, I'm Shanda. saying is, this, you have to think your that you will ask for. And this is a question you have to ask yourself every day, all the time. Till you find an answer to this question. So, in other words, when somebody did uh, for 6,000 years or 60,000 years, that expectation that the other one who was doing this tapas, this tapasvi, whatever may be their long 
will surely be answered. But thereby, what does it give you other than information and curiosity satisfaction? What does it give you? Hence, I pose you a counter question, a situation, where put yourself in the place of that tapasvi. Instead of 6,000 years, if you do that tapas for a tenth of that time, 60 years, or even 1% of that, that is 60 years, and Lord Brahma appears before you, what is that one single thing that you will rejoice and we will Ram. be the choices best that you would ask for. Would you ask for a permanent job that pays you half a million dollars every day? No. Or would you ask for a husband that loves you indefinitely, infinitely? Or what, would you ask for a palace or what, 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 what can you ask for? And granted that if you get that, will that make you completely happy as a living embodiment of joy and happiness and love? This is one. The second question is that in the scriptures, in the Puranas, there are so many great ones who have been who have done lot of tapashtarya and eventually has pleased many, many gods and have achieved a boon, a vardhan. Tell me, which vardhan has made them completely happy? You know what Bhasmasura asked for, he got it, and what happened? You know what Mohini and the Rakshasagana, that time what they asked for, and what happened? There are so many others, even Midas for that matter, King Midas, he asked for a boon that whatever he may touch may turn into gold, and what happened? So asking for all these material goals or objectives, can they really fulfill your life's quest so that you may never return to the life of birth and death and misery and pain and suffering. I'm making you think, my dear. Okay. Yes, Guruji. Are you there? No. Do we need to be even asking for anything, Guruji? Even if God asks you, He knows what is best for us. Is there a reason to be asking for a boon, Guruji? You know, uh, very good point, Sharada, I love you for that. Very good point. See, one who is always asking will always keep the self independent of the Almighty God. When you are seeking to be one with Him, why the identity as self to be always separate from Him? It's a very bright question you asked, and that is a very fundamental question. As long as you keep on asking, it is impossible, mind you, impossible for any living soul to achieve 
a totally loving willful surrender that is complete and complete in all aspects surrender has to be complete total and with that also goes the independent nature of the seeker but he or she is seeking just total surrender into your infinite being and wanting to be just one with the lord the almighty so this asking business is of very mundane nature to people who are still cherishing their independence and as long as they want to preserve their independence they will always be equipped with this iness or ego and will never be able to have total loving surrender i'm so glad you asked for that a question was guruji um when uh, we do we do a practice for a long time and then uh, you know we try to get our mind to be stable and i'm still in the initial stages of meditation so even that is a big achievement but then one uh, we are so used to our conditioned self that one single um, event or one tiny emotion can uh, you know upset the whole entire balance um my grandfather used to tell me a story about a blind man who always wanted sight and one day a doctor would do the operation for free and give him a sight but uh, once he got his sight back he found it difficult to relearn everything to just see by the eyes that he would close his eyes and use a stick again because he was just comfortable doing that and uh, when this uh, uh, upset happens of uh, upset of balance happens with all these emotions you know we revert back to this condition self and again the practice so my question is how does one uh, get out of this cycle and progress by staying focused ek lakshya on the mahamantra being ekalaksha there all these rest of the distractions these distractions will keep on surfacing because they are embedded in your sukshma sharira also in your causal sharira causal body that is jivatma and sukshma sharira so all this is the distraction which is entered which surfaces when you are meditating and this is all the mala you know all the garbage that must be purged out from what you essentially are so the moment you pay attention to this garbage that surfaces you give it a importance and the energy that these distractions receive the source of that is none other than you you yourself alone and not knowing that you are the one who is providing the urja or the shakti the energy of these distractions they will keep on resurfacing but 
एट द सेम टाइम यू शूड डिस्ट्रैक्ट योर सेल्फ एंड बी प्रोट्रैक्टेड एक लक्ष्य ऑन योर मेडिकेशन दीज डिस्ट्रैक्शन विल कम एंड दे विल इवेंचुअली डिजॉल्व एंड गो अवे एंड गो अवे फॉर गुड दैट इज द ओनली वे देर इज नो अदर वे Wow! Thank you, Guruji. Thank you so much. Okay. I will do that. Guruji, I have a small question from the questions that you were clarifying. Um, the question is: that If if Rakshasis, all those people are able to do tapas or meditation for so many years, why am yes. I why am I struggling to sit for yes. meditation for? Uh, uh-huh. Hello, Guruji. Uh, why do I find yeah, difficult? Yeah, Rakshas are able to do tapa. <laughs> yeah, they are able to do tapa for sixty or six hundred years or whatever. Why do we find difficulty yeah. meditating for one hour regularly, Guruji? I'm sorry, I should because be doing it. Because of your lack of, for because of your lack of discipline, because of your lack of faith, nishtha, you think you have, but when put to test. you figure out it is an each individual journey and one has to be persistent dhira and dhairya yukta with nishtha and surely you will be able to okay guruji abhyasena tu kaunteya vairagena chadrijate constant abhyas will surely give you the perfection okay yes guruji thank you guruji all right all right